It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. Good evening and welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as we are into our eighth episode of the season. Why? I'm kidding. It's our seventh. <laughs> Ryan Epling alongside Joe Winville and Bill Cornwell. I could have told you ten. I could have thrown it. It feels you. like it, right? <laughs> Uh, we have a stacked show for you tonight. Again, as always, we will have our standout athlete of the week coming up in our second hour. Our crew behind the scenes working feverishly to gather all the scores from across the Mountain State on this Friday night of uh, decent weather, but we know that you know some bad weather is coming. So uh, that has already <laughs> affected some schedules for tomorrow. We're not going to go through all of that. Always check our website, basketballnight.com. Uh, also, you can check out our Twitter feed, at hoops underscore roundup. That will... Keep you covered on what's going on in high school basketball throughout West Virginia. And we'll get to the scoreboard in just a moment, but right before we do that, because we know that's what you're here for, uh, Joe, here we are uh, you know, midway through January now. I mean, th- th- it's almost time to get serious. It is. I mean, you've went through, you know, we talked about this a little bit last week. You know, you went through that kind of lull, that slow start into the holiday tournament season. Then after the first of the year, you start getting in. A lot of these schools that especially play conference play, you're getting into your conference schedule and so forth. So, I mean, it's full steam ahead. It's kind of do or die time. And Bill Cornwell, full slate of games tonight. There were a lot of games last night, too, uh, of, of interest throughout the state. I think uh, – We've had a loaded week of basketball. It's been a busy week. I mean, every night, literally every night this week, there have been interesting matchups throughout the state, both boys and girls. And uh, it just seems like for some reason a lot of coaches just kind of loaded up the schedules on this very week. And uh, uh, But I think that they know that the later you get the season, it's time to start testing your teams and getting that – Postseason mentality, we've talked about it before. You're going to play condensed schedules when you get into postseason. So play three games in five nights, two games in four nights, two games in three nights. Absolutely. You want to be prepared for that. I'm just going to say on the on the flip side of that, a school that I follow is off for 10 days. <laughs> <laughs> they played Tuesday night, and you know they don't play again until next Friday. Wow. So there you go. You know. I mean, sometimes you, you build in a break right about now into your schedule. That's just how it works out. But we know you're here for scores. Let's get our first check of the Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Joe will turn you loose with the boys' scores tonight. All right, taking a look at the scores from across the state of West Virginia. We've got several uh, finals already in, uh, even though it's early in the show. It was Strasburg, Virginia, knocking off Moorfield tonight by a score of 63-49. Wetzel, the Lumberjacks, knock off Tyler Consolidated tonight. That is a final, 69-66. Matt Boggs. Uh, tournament at Tyler Consolidated is where that uh, game occurred tonight. The Weir Red Riders knock off the Bruins of Brook tonight, 59-41. Midland Trail over Gilmer County, 60-43. And a score at the end of the third quarter, it is a tight one. Charleston Catholic lead Wheeling Central by a score of 40-37. to That one looks like it's going to go down the wire. Greater Beckley Christian tonight knocks off Mount View, 78-46. Uh, Greater Beckley's Chance uh, Potter hits uh, 1,000 points in that game tonight for his career at Greater Beckley. Spring Mills uh, leads Hedgesville, 
44-37. That score at the end of the third. Also at the end of the third, in a county rivalry game, and it's a close one as well. Washington, the Patriots lead Jefferson Cougars 28-26. In a game, this one a final, Wheeling Park over John Marshall 60-50. The Man Hillbillies or trail Lincoln County 41-30. That game is at the half. Another game, uh, the halftime score, Martinsburg leads the Musselman, uh, Appleman, by a score of 24-10. This one, a final, Oak Hill over Westside tonight, 70-50. At the end of the third quarter, it is Shady Springs leaving Pikeview, Pike 69-46. Ravenswood uh, knocks off Point Pleasant tonight, 45-41. Uh, This one a final as well. University over Preston, 89-49. Princeton over Blacksburg, Virginia, 43-29. That game is at the half. Webster County goes into the win column. They go 12-0 so far this season as they knock off Roan County, 69-57. This one a final. Tulsa over Sherman, 102-45. Polka, the Dots uh, over Sissonville, 62-46. Isaac McNeely with 26 points for the Dots. It was the St. Joe Irish over or Leeds Van at the end of the third quarter, 46-43. This score also at the end of the third. Greenbrier West leads Ritchie County, 73-26. The 100 Hornets fall tonight to Montcalm, 67-64. And it is Hannon over Pawpaw tonight, 77-46. I would love to have seen that one. Bill Cornwall, you've got the girls' scores. Uh, not, not so many finals right now, but here's what we got. First off, uh, Wheeling Central beat uh, Charleston Catholic tonight, 42-37. It was Moorfield over Petersburg, 49-47. Elkins falls to East Fairmont, 47-39. Now the game of the night on the girls' side. We have an upset. Lincoln Cougars upset number one Fairmont Senior tonight, 55-47. Amisa Johnson hit her 1,000th career point in that loss for Fairmont Senior. Frankfurt beats Hampshire tonight, 83-45. It was University Skyhawks falling to Morgantown. I guess you could call that the girls' basketball Mohawk Bowl. Uh, Morgantown wins 57-54. Williamstown losing to Parkersburg Catholic, 80-55. That's the finals. Thank you so much. Again, if you want scores, always go to basketballnight.com or at hoops underscore roundup. You know, we enjoy this program. We get to bring you um, stories, get to bring you scores, get to bring you know, follow the trends of high school basketball throughout the great state of West Virginia. Uh, it's something that we enjoy doing, but there are also times that uh, it gets – Things get put into perspective, and that's what happened uh, this week. Uh, a tragedy uh, for the Bluefield community as uh, a young man who played football for the Beavers, had played basketball and been around the program a lot. Uh, Tony Webster uh, passed away. Um, just a very difficult time uh, for the Bluefield community. Our hearts and uh, our prayers go out to them, our thoughts as well. And uh, we wanted to bring in the head coach of the Bluefield Beavers, Buster Large. He's the coach of the boys' team. And, uh, Coach, I know this is a difficult time. We greatly appreciate you taking time to join us. And as I mentioned, Tony Webster played football this year, is maybe more known for that right now. But if anyone's been around a Bluefield boys' basketball game over the past nine years, there's a good chance they've seen that young man. 
Yes, sir. Uh, you know, we're we're going through a tough time right now, and uh, you know the the healing process has started. And uh, we're talking about a young man that was such a great student athlete, a uh, great uh, student at Bluefield High School, uh, just so loved by the community. And uh, you know, I just uh, finished attending a. Uh, a vigil uh, at Mitchell Stadium tonight, and uh, I would predict anywhere from 2,000 to 2,500 people there. And, uh, you know, uh, we were so blessed to have been able to be around this young man, and uh, he was such a, uh, a blessing to our basketball program and, and the football program, and uh, we're surely going to miss him. Tony Webster, just for, for folks who don't know, um, he passed away. Um, this week, and what happened uh, Monday at a weightlifting session, he collapsed, and uh, turned out that he had a brain aneurysm. And um, it's something that uh, you know, the boy, uh, the football coach Fred Simon, uh, just reading from the Bluefield Daily Telegraph, uh, some some words that he had uh, about the the situation. But Coach Large, uh, it, it feels like, from my understanding, that uh, Tony Webster was someone who. Uh, he grew up basically in the gym with you guys. Yes, sir. Uh, I got a job in 2008, and uh, Coach Webster, his father, uh, joined my program in 2009. And we're talking about a little young man that grew up with us and basically was my ball boy. Uh, 2013, 2014, 2012, we were state runner-up. 2013, 2014, we were state champs. And so this young man was with us the entire, um, you know, basically, uh, you know, it, it, it just hasn't sunk in yet. Uh, he was with us uh, and been with us uh, for the last 10 years. And uh, and just a great young man, so well-mannered, so well-liked, such a great student-athlete. Uh, his father... Uh, you know, uh, really, really raised him well. And, uh, you know, uh, he was a, a great athlete, a very good uh, football player, uh, uh, outside linebacker, uh, back at fullback uh, last year. Played for me in middle school. His seventh grade year, he was the leading tackler uh, on my team. And, uh, uh, yeah, we had an undefeated season that year. So, you know, uh, we're surely going to miss this little, little man. Um, the son of Tony Webster. Uh, Tony was also known as Little Tony uh, in the community. Um, and Coach, I know that this is a difficult time for everyone involved. I know that you had a game scheduled last night. It was postponed uh, with Oak Hill. Um, I've, I've got to imagine that it, it's kind of tricky figuring out. You, I mean, this is something that no one has really good experience. There's no right or wrong answer, but I mean, this is a time where you've got to kind of let your team have some time to let this sink in and kind of uh, to mourn. Well, what we did was uh, this happened Monday evening. And Tuesday and Wednesday, we let the players go uh, rally with uh, at Roanoke Memorial Hospital in Roanoke, Virginia, where Bill Tony was. And uh, I, I would say I had at least 80, 85% of my team there. And some of the kids stayed all night with Coach Webster, uh, you know, uh, and basically we were all praying for a miracle. And uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, it did not happen. And so, uh, you know, we, we had to get back to the gym because we got a big game tomorrow night at Graham, uh, Virginia. 
And uh, so uh, yesterday we had a, a pretty good practice, and today was much better. So, you know, we, we've got to get back after it. And uh, like I say, uh, tonight I was a huge, huge uh, turnout for the, uh, uh, you know, the candlelight uh, visual there at Mitchell Stadium in Bluefield, uh, Washington. I know it's an emotional time. Coach Buster Large, head boys basketball coach at Bluefield High School. Thanks so much for joining us, and thanks so much for sharing uh, a little bit of uh, Tony Webster's life story with us. Sir, I want to thank you, and I want to thank um, uh, Marcus Constantino for inviting me. And uh, uh, we will get through this, and it's just uh, a matter of time. Coach, our thoughts and prayers are with you and the community. Thank you so much. All right, that's Buster Large, head boys basketball coach at Bluefield. And we've got to take a second here to kind of un- uh, unwrap this. Uh, Joe, your community in Madison, Scott High School, had a tragedy that took place um, back in the summer, I mm-hmm. believe. Right. Uh, lost a, a young man who was a, a football player, a standout uh, quarterback on the football team. And uh, unfortunately, I think a lot of communities have to go through this. Thankfully, it's not often, but my goodness, there's no there's no way to put it into words. There's not. You know, it's just, you know, you're just, you're, you're broken. You're almost lost for words. You don't know what to say. But, you know, uh, I, I feel for Bluefield right now, and I, I can imagine how they're rallying around each other and, and giving each other the support, as, as uh, Coach said. You know, it just, and that's what it takes. It just, you know, everyone coming together to, to show, you know, their, their passion, their compassion, and uh, their support for the family. And, and Bill, I know that um, you know, the Spring Valley community has, has kind of rallied this year around a, a freshman who had to undergo a heart transplant. An, an unbelievable story for those around the state who don't know it. Wade Smith was a ninth-grade football player and developed a, uh, a virus in, I guess it was late September, and uh, yeah, this virus attacked his heart. and Basically, he had to go to Columbus, the Nationwide Children's Hospital, and uh, had to sit wait for a heart transplant. Just imagine a ninth-grade kid having to have a new heart. And uh, they did a great job at Columbus. Uh, a new heart was found, and uh, they transplanted that heart. He took to it well and is doing well. Matter of fact, he recovered so well just a couple of weeks after he received that new heart, he actually got to go to the Super 6 state championship game and was out for the coin toss uh, when Spring Valley and Martinsburg played for the AAA championship game. Of course, a lot of precautions were taken, and he didn't stay out very long, but he was there. I mean, an amazing story, and a lot of folks rallied around Wade Smith prayers, a lot of fundraising because, obviously, his family uh, facing a big financial burden when you have uh, that kind of surgery, that kind of medical procedure, and all the time you spend in the hospital. I know um, where I'm from, in Wayne, we had a, a situation about, Almost seven years ago now, um, a, a young lady who was a junior, was an athlete, played basketball, actually had the single-game scoring record at Wayne High School at the time, uh, was killed in a, uh, in a wreck in, uh, on Memorial Day weekend. It was in May of 2012. And uh, as you remember, she was the daughter of the mayor of Wayne at the time. Yeah. And it was uh, just a very difficult situation because it's so fast. And, you know, uh, Coach Large mentioned Marcus Constantino saying this up. Marcus is in our score center right now. And, uh, Marcus, I know you you've, you were responsible for some of the pictures that, that we saw 
on our web stream, on our video feed of Tony Webster. Yeah, you know, uh, this week I was looking back and, uh, you know, I found Tony there uh, in pictures, uh, you know, in Wyoming East's gym in 2010. Uh, you know, he it's like he was there so much and so long. It's just, you know, he was just part of the team and he has been for so long. And you almost, uh, you know, uh, forget how much he's there just because he's always there. And, uh, uh, you know, it's just one of those things you take for granted. And, uh, you know, he's just been there with so many uh so many years of uh, basketball players and football players uh you know who have come through bluefield high school over the last decade and of course he was able to get a ring of his own um with bluefield uh winning the state championship in football in 2017 and uh you know it's just incredible how much uh bluefield and all of mercer county have uh you know rallied behind uh bluefield and the webster family uh uh you know you can he's really made an impact uh, in bluefield so once again, on behalf of all of us at Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, our thoughts and prayers go out to the Bluefield community. Tony Webster, 17 years old, a junior at Bluefield High School who passed away this week um, after suffering a brain aneurysm during weightlifting. Our thoughts and prayers are with you. We'll be back with more Basketball Friday Night after our first break here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism in Marshall is serious and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable. We'll prepare you to think critically, reward accurately, and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or court. If this sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Thanks for joining us tonight. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Join us online voting this week's poll. You've got till 1145 tonight when we share the voting results with you. Last week, 83% of you voted that teams should be required to play each of their sectional opponents at least once during the regular season. This week's question, is it okay for a coach to go out and film scouting video of an opposing team's game? Give us a yes or no tonight. Go to basketballnight.com, vote in this week's poll. You see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. You've got till 11.45 tonight to vote, and of course we'll share the results with you at 11.45. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We are West Virginia's high school basketball voice. Join us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Shout out to our latest Twitter follower, Billy Gotham. Also Big Atlantic, Martha, Jeff Adams, K-Bug, and the Cabell Midland Lady Knights. They have become part of the Basketball Friday night in West Virginia family. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. 919 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. 
January 18th, 2019, Episode 7 of Season 6 of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Unbelievable. Episode 80 overall. Wow. That's I mean, a lot. Yeah, about two years or about a year from now, we'll be in syndication. I don't know. That, <laughs> I don't think this show would work in syndication. It's a live show about what's happening tonight. But I, I, I had to think back before we, we move forward here how fortunate so far we've been with weather. Uh, we have not had the, the big snowfalls through West Virginia that we, uh, you know, I just think back because it was three years ago this week that was the only time we didn't do a live show on a Friday night because uh, there was a state of emergency throughout the entire state yeah. of West Virginia and there was about a foot and a half of snow outside. And, uh, Better than than tonight. <laughs> yes, I, I was holed up at a at the at a hotel down the street here because uh, I still had to go to work. I have one of those jobs that when it gets bad like that, I still, still have to go to work. work. Yes, yeah, same here. Yeah, Bill understands. Yeah. Joe understands me too. That's just how it is. That's what we signed up for. Exactly. But uh, <laughs> it's just I, I can't you know put into words how difficult it can be to reschedule things, uh, especially now that you're kind of getting. You know, on the back half of the season, I do think it might be a little bit easier because you might have a few more dates because you haven't had to fill them with makeup games to this point. But um, you know, there's a chance this weekend we're going to have some uh, a little bit of a rough time. But you know, a lot of these schedules were made you know last spring, last summer, even a year ago. So it it is tough when yeah. once you you know you had to postpone a game and then say for you know the weather stays in town a, a couple three days and then you know that may you know have an effect on your next opponent and then like you said, uh, once you get into it, it's got to go with you know both teams have got to have an open night in order to get those games in. And Bill, with conference scheduling with making sure you play the teams within your section and region to help out with the sectional seating that coaches will be doing in the next few weeks. It's, uh, there are a lot more factors than just simply, hey, let's just play next week. Yeah, there are a bunch. And, uh, and really, you're, you're kind of uh, hamstrung, especially certain sections where you have more teams than others. Now, uh, there, in, 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 like, for instance, in the MSAC, there are some uh, – uh, some chances to kind of venture out and test yourself against out-of-state or uh, or out-of-section competition. But right now, this is when you're building your resume, as you mentioned, because uh, those sectional seating meetings are going to be here before you notice, know especially on the girls' side. Yeah, those, uh, yeah, the girls' postseason is basically less than a month away. It's, it's about three weeks away from beginning. That's, I mean, there are going to be some kids who won't, you know, their seasons will be over. Before right. we get to basically the tenth show of the season, that's that's just again, that's just something that um, you know when you hear about it, when you think about it, when you put it into perspective, it, it really is uh, fascinating how that works. Uh, just to give you a little bit of preview of what we've got coming up on the show, we're actually going to speak with the um, executive director of the WVSSAC, um, Bernie Dolan. That's going to be in our uh, be in a, in a few minutes away. We'll Nine thirty hour. Yes, not, it's not a full hour at 9.30. That's not how it works, I don't think. But uh, we're going to talk about something that we've kind of touched on it with our resident referee, Bo Anderson, over the, uh, you know, over the course of the years, basically, about how it's difficult to get, <laughs> to get officials. Most of the officials these days are older, and Given there are not a lot of younger officials who are there to, to fill those gaps. And, 
And for some reason, yeah. it seems like basketball was worse than baseball or even football, you know, where you have to have more. I think you have less separation from people in basketball. You are right. <laughs> they're um, they're yes. hounding you the yes. whole game. Yes. I mean, it's like that old uh, George uh, George Jones song, who's going to fill their shoes? Yeah, right. Because we are getting to the point, and, and you've heard Bo, and I've heard other officials talk about it too, they are really concerned about the lack of a, of a talent pool or a developing talent pool, be it at the middle school level, uh, elementary schools, whatever, uh, depending on what part of the state you're in, uh, these guys just don't want to either, either don't want to give the time or don't have the time but do the job, family considerations, and it is a major concern. Well, we'll talk about that and, um, and what kind of brings that conversation to the forefront. I mean, we're right on the border of Ohio and Kentucky here in the tri-state area of, uh, in Huntington, West Virginia. But, um, I mean, and for the most part, we only care about what West Virginia does. But bordering state that every school that basically is up and down the Ohio River, uh, you deal with Ohio. And the Ohio, um, the OHSAA, yes. which is their high school governing body, uh, released a letter directed to parents basically to tell them to cool it, <laughs> calm down while attending high school sporting yeah. events because uh, the shortage of officials is uh, extremely serious. So, um, you know, that's something that we wanted to talk with uh, Bernie Dolan about um, because it's not just basketball. It, it, it covers all sports and uh, definitely uh, looking forward to speaking with him. Uh, we also look forward to speaking with Corey Maynard, the head boys basketball coach at Spring Valley. Uh, the Timberwolves have had a good start, ran into a, a, the reigning state champions last night in George Washington as the Patriots went to the Wolves' den and got out of there with a low-scoring yeah. win. Lost to Capitol earlier this week as well, so yeah. it's been kind of a, a tough week for them, but still overall kind of a surprise uh, on the state level. And, and they had played so well. Up until, I mean, and not that they've played poorly. They've played no. good teams here the last yeah. week. They beat uh, Wesley Christian in yeah. the uh, Hatfield-McCoy shootout last week, and uh, that's probably one of the better wins in program history. We're talking like 20 years uh, to beat that school and, and all that prep school talent that they have. They beat the Circuit Riders, who are located in uh, Kentucky, eastern Kentucky, who, who, by the way, are coached by a Wayne High School grad. David Meddings. It's, oh. it, it all ties in together, guys. That's how, that's how this all works. Uh, <laughs> um, no, actually, uh, I remember a few years ago, um, I, I did public address for one Huntington Prep game. It was Andrew Wiggins' senior day, and he got the Gatorade National Player of the Year Award presentation was after the game as well. So, And that was when David was an assistant at Huntington Prep. So, again... Tying it all together, of course. And we'll talk with Corey Maynard. Uh, let's do that right now. You know, I, I hate to we, – we've been talking about Spring Valley had played so well and then, you know, lost a couple of games this week. And, Coach Maynard, we had decided to have you on the program tonight regardless uh, about a week ago. And, unfortunately for you, we weren't waiting on a couple losses to talk to you. But we want to talk about uh, what a good start your team's had to this season. Coach Maynard, you yeah, want to – Yeah, we, we – we, we, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, we've uh, we've had some success this season. Um, finally played our our first um, couple games against Say, our first games against St. Albans with with our full staff. Um, or not full staff, full, you know, our, our full team because of, of football uh, the success that the football team had, and 
then uh, with, with injuries. So we're finally uh, got everybody together now. Well, a tough loss at home last night to a very good George Washington team. Your, your ball club likes to get up and down with C.J. Meredith uh, being a, a very skilled basketball player and a, a young man who kind of leads that team offensively. Um, you score in the 70s per game, but held in the 40s last night. What was George Washington able to do to, to make it difficult for your team to score? Well, George they did a good job of controlling the tempo of the game. Um, obviously, they, they execute their offense on the uh, – on their offensive end very well and, and, uh, they do what they do really well. And, uh, you know, they ran a little bit of zone with us and they're solid defensively. They make you work to, uh, get good looks. Corey, of course, uh, you were talking about earlier about, uh, being at full, full strength. Uh, of course, you're blessed this year to have, uh, a couple of the, the best football athletes of the state and, and Grayson Malachevich and, and, uh, and of course, uh, the big man himself, Doug Nesser, uh, on your squad. Talk about the difference that those guys made when they were finally able to get on the court and kind of get up to par, get their basketball legs, so to speak. Yeah, well, it was nice. Obviously, you know, Grace is a nice, nice leader. You know, he knows what it, what, um, what it, ta- what it takes to win. He's a competitor. You know, he uh, does a good job of, uh, of running our point guard position and getting us in what we uh, need to get into offensively and, and defensively, he's going to, uh, going to defend, um, you know, he's scoring some for us. He's seeing the court really well and distributing the ball very well. Um, Doug obviously brings a nice post presence to us. Uh, we really haven't had a post player at Spring Valley in a very long time. Um, you know, he, he controls the paint. You know, gives us some rebounding and uh, obviously some stuff that's on the interior side of the of the ball. And um, he uh, he rebounds well and um, just uh, gives us a post presence that's well that we've been lacking for many years. Corey, talking about with Doug, uh, you're you're handling a kind of a unique situation because not only is he playing basketball, but you're having to kind of juggle. As he goes through the football recruiting prospect, of course, he's one of the, the top offensive linemen in the nation. And uh, you've got uh, college recruiters coming in from football to, to recruit him. He's been making visits. He's been playing in all-star games uh, right around the basketball season. Talk how uh, you and his family have been juggling that. Yeah, obviously, uh, Doug's one of the top offensive linemen in the country. You know, um, he he had to leave for a week to go down to the All American game there in Texas, and uh, it seems like every day that uh, somebody is at school, you know, trying to get him to, uh, you know, visit him to, to um, you know, try try to get him away from, or try to get him away from high state and wherever he's gonna, you know, go to school at there. So there's there's uh, coaches there every day trying to, uh, you, you know. Get them to, to choose them. So, so they've been coming to practices. They've, uh, you know, been at school trying to, uh, um, you know, recruit him. So the kid's a great kid. He obviously deserves everything that he's getting. And whatever school that he goes to, he's definitely gonna gonna help them out in their football program. Coach, before we let you go, you got a challenging week ahead. You got Huntington tomorrow. You got Boyd County, Kentucky next week, and Ripley, and then next Friday St. Albans. So four games in the next week and. There's not an easy one in the bunch. No, our conference is is very tough, and our non-conference schedule is, is very tough. And we do that to try to get us ready for tournament time. So, 
there's no nights off. We're going to have to play well. There's a lot of balance in, in AAA this year. And uh, every night that's going to be, you have to go out and play well in order to win. Coach Maynard, thanks so much for joining us, and good luck. All right, thank you. That's Corey Maynard, head coach of the Spring Valley Timberwolves. They actually have five games in the next week because they have a game next Saturday night at home against Woodrow Wilson. So they've got, <laughs> don't get any they, they, They've got uh, two situations where they're playing. They're playing Tuesday, Wednesday, off Thursday, playing Friday and Saturday. Four games in five days. Yeah, well. Hopefully they're in good shape. Uh, yeah, really. <laughs> We're going to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we'll get you another scoreboard update. We'll also talk with uh, Bernie Dolan, the executive director of the West Virginia Secondary Schools Activities Commission. That's when basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues after break two here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. R.J. Klein, Sherman Tide, Jesse Muncie, Tulsa Rebels, Anna Hamilton, Nicholas County Grizzlies, Jordan Kish, Chapmanville Tigers, Madison Blankenship, Riverview Raiders, and tonight you'll meet someone from the Fairmont Senior Polar Bears. What they all have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You could nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a standout athlete of the week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, and click on the standout athlete of the week tab. Fill out the nomination form. We'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. And, of course, we're streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. You can visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. All it takes is just one click to watch. We're also on Facebook Live. You can find us by searching for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Call us tonight, toll-free, 855-784-6677. Shout-out to Carrie Burgoyne, our newest Twitter follower. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. It is 9.35 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, the fastest three hours in radio. We're with you until midnight all across the Fast Break Sports Network. Ryan Epling alongside Bill Cornwell and Joe Linville. We'll get a scoreboard update in just a moment because we've we got a little bit of a packed segment here 
uh, right now, and I want to be able to get through everything with the adequate amount of time that, that everyone that we have to talk with deserves. Yes, so, again, uh, the scoreboard is on uh, basketballnight.com at hoops underscore roundup. We will give you another full scoreboard. Uh, a lot of scores have been updated just in the past half hour, uh, so we'll definitely be able to bring those to you here in, in just a little bit. But uh, right now, I want to go to the phones and we'll talk with uh, Chance Potter of Greater Beckley Christian. The Crusaders have been playing some good basketball over the course of the past uh, really month or so. Right. Um, Chance Potter Sr. joins us now on the program. And uh, Chance, uh, Greater Beckley Christian, a ball club that uh, started the season with a very difficult last-second loss, but since that point, can't be too disappointed with how your team's played. I couldn't hear you. Could you say that one more time, please? I just said, uh, after, uh, you know, you started the season with a loss at the buzzer, which is very difficult. Uh, but since then, your ball club's really played well over the course of the past, uh, really, month and a half. Yeah, we just, we, it was a hard loss. We just stayed with it, got focused, and just played through it. We just had to work out the, the mistakes and, and just get through the, the downtime. And we'll get more into. Um, your ball club here in just a moment, but I, I want to talk about um, you're kind of going through the recruiting process right now. Who has contacted you? What schools are you looking at? Um, I got an offer from West Virginia Tech. I have an offer from West Virginia Wesleyan. Um, a junior college, Miami Dayton, has texted me uh, a little bit, and that's uh, about it for right now. And um, I know a week ago, uh, your ball club was in Huntington and picked up a, a big win over St. John. You also scored your 1,000th career point tonight. Tell me about that. It was very exciting. Uh, I mean, I couldn't do it without my teammates or nothing like that. And if it wasn't for them, I couldn't have got it. 19.7 assists, 11 rebounds in tonight's 78-46 win over Mountain View. Mountain View's a pretty good basketball team. That's a good win to not only beat them, but to uh, have that kind of margin of victory. Yes, sir. We just came in and stayed focused on what we had to do. Just had to get the job done. Jay Moore has been scoring almost at will. What's it like to see that from the court with when one of your teammates is uh, scoring with the, the, um, you know, the success that he's had? Oh, it's really fun watching him play. He's a really good player. And uh, watching him see, I, oh. go ahead. No, go ahead. Just watching him out there, just playing basketball. It's just fun playing with him. I'm glad to be on the floor with him. He's had uh, in the neighborhood of 30 points. You average 21 though, um, and, and lead the team there. And uh, I, again, Greater Beckley Christian looks to be uh, a ball club that will be a team to be reckoned with, at least in the postseason. Uh, already you know, went over Wyoming East, uh, went over James Monroe. I want to talk a little about James Monroe for a moment because that's a ball club that I don't think a lot of people statewide know about. And uh, they have a young man who's six foot ten. Tell me about that matchup. Well, it was, you know, it's a really difficult matchup because, you know, everybody's shorter than him and he's a little bit longer. So you just got to stay down, keep your distance, and you just got to beat him to the spot. But they're a really good, they're a really good basketball team. Chance Potter, senior at Greater Beckley Christian. Thanks so much for joining us, and nothing but the best for you and your Crusaders teammates the rest of the way. Thank you. 
All right. A big thanks to Chance Potter. Scored his 1,000th career point tonight. Looks like he's kind of going through the recruiting process. Uh, some uh, Division II folks look like they're interested in him. Some couple opportunities for him. And, and it should be a lot of fun. We're going to talk to Eric Little in just a minute. I think he'll understand why he's getting bumped down here. <laughs> uh, sorry, Eric. You'll understand here in just a second. But we will get to uh, – we mentioned in our uh, last segment that uh, officials – there's basically an official shortage. It's not in any one state. It's everybody's kind of going through this right now. Uh, I mentioned what was put out by the Ohio uh, high school governing body, the OHSAA, about basically a letter to parents that was telling them to, you know, cool it at games when it comes to criticizing game officials or coaches verbally. And um, that kind of struck a chord with us. We wanted to bring in Bernie Dolan, the executive director of the West Virginia Secondary Schools Activities Commission. And um, I have to say, uh, yeah, as we get started here, that that's a problem that's not unique to Ohio. And that's why I wanted to bring it to the attention here in West Virginia. I know you can't play without officials. We, we can't. And uh, there's a lot of people... Uh, at fault for this. I mean, it's not uh, one group that's at fault. Um, if you buy a ticket, it doesn't give you the right to, uh, you know, to, to yell. At, you could cheer for your team all you want, but uh, certainly doesn't give you the right to belittle a coach and belittle a player or obviously the official either. Has there been any thought maybe from the SSAC to kind of do a campaign, uh, maybe, <clears throat> excuse me, to have the maybe the public address uh, announcers to, you know, be courteous, be more sportsmanship as you cheer on your teams at, at individual ball games? Uh, there has been, and uh, we do send out some PSAs and things for the schools to read uh, from the PA. Um, but you know, we all have to do a better job from school administration of, you know, taking care of problems when you see them. And uh, obviously, you know, we do our clinics all year long. We talk about the coaches and how the fans will model the behavior of the coach. So we ask them to, you know, be professional at all times also. Bernie Dolan, the executive director of the West Virginia Secondary Schools Activities Commission, as we mentioned, um, it was, you know, what this came from was from uh, a letter from Ohio to parents. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, you, you have your finger on the pulse of what's going on uh, inside these gymnasiums uh, basically every day through the week at this point. Um, is the um, – I mean, do, do you think that the verbal scrutiny that officials take, and in some cases just flat-out harassment – is what keeps a lot of younger people from getting involved. Well, I think it is one of the things. You know, uh, one of the things we say is, you know, uh, you know, we got to mentor these young kids or just new officials. They don't have to be young, but the new officials to make sure, you know, they they know that every rule and they're confident with every call they make. Uh, so we think that's an important part. But also, you know, um, you know, there's going to be a little bit better pay for our officials, you know. And uh, but on the school side, they're saying we're not making enough money either to pay all of our bills. So it is a tough situation trying to keep people. But I think, you know, trying to cut down on 
the uh, the screaming and hollering and uh, from the fans and the coaches toward the officials goes a long way with uh, retention. Bernie, as far as uh, looking at uh, future officials, uh, uh, has there been some thought maybe working with the uh, local official boards to uh, have them maybe uh, go out and visit uh, uh, youth basketball games, uh, go out and, uh, to that level, and maybe uh, just do a little, uh, if they see somebody that look like they would be a promising official, do a little recruiting. Well, and I think we have a lot of different ideas. I'm not sure anybody has done that. I know they do it in in uh, uh, soccer, where the, the young kids are officiating. You know, they might be 15 and 16 and officiating 12 years, 12 and under. And so it gives them a lot of experience. Um, our, kid, our basketball officials do go out and officiate summer games and, and travel leagues. So they get a lot of experience. And sometimes that's the best experience these young kids get because uh, they can get a lot of games in a short period of time. But you also have to partner them up with seasoned officials so that they can help them through the difficult times and model for what's expected. Well, speaking of difficult times, let's talk about busy times. The SSAC is about to really kick into high gear. With You've got the wrestling state tournament coming up in Huntington. You've also got the girls' and boys' basketball state tournaments now You know, less than uh, basically a month and a half away at this point. This is a really busy time for you guys. Well, it is because uh, even before that, starting uh, not this week, this coming week, but the next week after that, we started on our clinic trail for the uh, fall or spring sports. So baseball, softball, track, we have our officials and coaches meetings for the next three weeks. We come right out of that into our swim championships in Morgantown, followed by wrestling. We get a little pause, and then we're right into the state tournament for boys and girls basketball. Bernie Dolan, the Executive Director of the West Virginia Secondary Schools Activities Commission. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. We greatly appreciate it. Well, so, you know, if if there are parents, that's another part we're trying to... If you're a parent of a uh, senior and you think that they want to stay in the game, you know, somebody can call the office and we can give you the uh, what need the steps to become an official. So we certainly would like to keep kids in the game who are currently in it. So, and I appreciate your, your show on Friday nights. You know, uh, it's an exciting time and uh, goes very, goes by pretty fast in the winter here. <laughs> Certainly yes. does. You don't have to tell us, believe me. We, we are with Bernie Dolan, <laughs> Executive Director of the SSAC. Thanks for joining us again. Okay, thank you. All right, and we greatly appreciate um, Mr. Dolan taking time out to speak with us. We're going to step aside and take a break. We'll kind of we'll retouch on that interview in just a moment. We'll also talk with Eric Little, WVVV in Parkersburg. He'll understand why he got bumped there for just a minute. And also Angie Bonzini, head coach of the Wyoming East Warriors girls basketball team. That's all when basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues after break three. Here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. This is High School Basketball's Voice in the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup part of BasketballNight.com. 
Every day we recap the day scores just for you on all teams in West Virginia. We'll send followers an email at 8 a.m. with the daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit basketballnight.com and just check the day scores. We want you to become part of our score reporting crew, too, during the week. Send us your team scores by Twitter, text, or email, and we'll make that part of our daily Hoops Roundup. We want you to be part of Basketball Friday Night and our family. On Twitter, you can join us at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. You can email us at scores at basketballnight.com, scores at basketballnight.com, and you can send a text with scores to 304-249-4924. Text your scores to 304-249-4924. Check it out at basketballnight.com. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup. Also, we want you to send us your pictures from your games, your fans, so we can feature them in our video stream. You can send those to us by email, or you can send them to us on Twitter or on our Facebook page. Call us toll-free tonight, 855-784-6677, 855-784-6677. Shout out to our latest Twitter follower, BJ Calabrese. BJ joins Douglas Brock and Leslie Hines. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. 949 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We've got a lot of things to to get in here as we're already, uh, we don't want to keep our callers on hold too long. I do want to mention that real fast. Uh, we were talking with Bernie Dolan there just a minute ago, and he, uh, the executive director of the SSAC, about the official shortage that's basically plaguing everyone. And uh, what I thought was interesting there, sorry, we're going to bump Eric a little again. We'll, we'll get to him eventually, but we, we he will, understands. Yeah, and we greatly appreciate his patience with us. But um, real, real quick, we talked about this over the course of the past two weeks. Uh, let, let's be honest. When, you, when we get through high school, some of us, that's the end of the line when it comes to competitive athletics. But we love the sport and, and find ways to stay around it. There's coaching, there's recreation leagues, etc. Um, broadcasting is a way to stay around it. I don't think people necessarily think about officiating, but officiating is a great way to stay around the sport. I hadn't thought about it until he mentioned it there a few minutes ago. And it, it is. I mean, these, these young guys, they want to be associated with the sport. You know, maybe they're not cut out to be coaches. Maybe they're not cut out to do sports broadcasting. But, you know, are you gonna really, if you know the game or the sport, you can get into being official for that particular, you know, sport. And, Bill, there, there are a dozen ways to stay around these games. There are many ways to serve. And, uh, I mean, uh, assistant coaching, uh, um, Running a booster club, even things like that. I know if you, if if a sport touched you that much, and you want to help your school and your community, you know, help them raise money, help them develop, and and uh, make things uh, a little bit better. Get nicer uniforms and things like that. Absolutely. Get back. Yeah, Get back. It, it's a, it's an excellent way to do that. You know who's having an excellent season right now are the Wyoming East Warriors, the girls' basketball team. 
12 and 2 has won nine straight games. Angie Bonsini is the head coach of the Warriors. She joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And Coach, first off, we haven't had a chance to speak with you this year. It's nice to have you back on the program. It's great to be back with you guys. 12-2 uh, and two on the season, and uh, again, winners of nine straight. I know that some of those games uh, a little bit earlier on in the season didn't necessarily uh, go the way you would have wanted, but I, I have to think that you've got to be pleased with the way your team has performed over the course of the last month. I, I really am. You know, I'm really proud of them. Uh, you know, we lost three starters from last year's squad, and this, this group of young ladies really gelled on and off the court this year as well. And your ball club, I mentioned one of those losses was to Boyd County, Kentucky, which is right across the Big Sandy River from us, and they're a very good program um, as well. But, um, you know, looking ahead, you've had a win over Parkersburg South back at the end of December. Moving through there, a big win over a very good Bluefield girls basketball team uh, and beat them by 24 points earlier this year. Uh, what's been the difference between, you know, between that early part where a couple of games were maybe closer than you would have liked that you did win and now where you're starting to uh, show that separation from other teams? I think consistency, you know, we've we got to continue to improve on consistency. But, you know, we've had close to five, all five starters being in double digits each night. And I, I think a balanced scoring has helped us. Uh, and I think just getting used to each other. Even though that we're all these kids have been together on the team, this is the first year that these five have been starters and played the majority of the game. And you mentioned um, balance. And you, you've got, you know, the centerpiece is Emily Saunders, six foot five, going to the University of Tennessee. Uh, I think most people know about her. Most people also very aware of the proficiency in scoring from Jazz Blankenship, a senior who's already uh, committed to, I believe, Concord. If I yes, she's going to Concord. Yes, and um, and then Skylar Davidson, a sophomore who was injured last year and really didn't get to uh, play as much behind Gabby Lapardis because of the knee injury, and uh, kind of put her in a in a major role now, and you just kind of keep right on going. You know, I, I think, you know, Skyler's coming in, came off uh, the knee injury and is playing quite well for us. And also, you know, other two starters, Katie Daniels and Brooke Russell, on the boards have been really strong for us and had some offensive punch as well. Uh, and, I, you know, they're just really gelling. This whole team is on and off the court, as we've been blessed the last four or five years to do that as well. And, Coach, your, ball, your basketball team will be back in action in uh, a little bit less than a week, next Thursday. At Bluefield should be a, an excellent ball game. Bluefield's playing really well right now, so looking forward to seeing how that one turns out. You know, we have a lot of respect for them. Our, our region, you know, we have about five or six teams that are, are capable of going to states. So, you know, we just got to keep improving on things that we need to do well. And uh, I look forward to the game. You know, next Thursday. Angie Bonzini, head coach of the Wyoming East Girls, thanks so much for joining us. No problem. In time, great to be back with you. I enjoyed it. All right, and uh, we're gonna. Uh, we don't have time to keep going because I don't want to cut these interviews short. We still got Eric Little. Uh, sorry, Eric, we will get you at the top of the hour. Rick Chafin also is the boys basketball coach at Cabell Midland. Uh, they they've had a, a a very good start to the season. We'll talk with grit, with determination, him as well. motivation, and uh, we'll also uh, have our standout athlete of the week coming up a little bit later on. Now, what reminded you of that? I don't know. It was just like a little <laughs> voice in my head kind of triggered that thought. It's amazing how that works, but. Uh, yeah, we'll have that uh, coming up in our next uh, hour as well. Uh, Bill, before we bring on Coach Chafin at the top of the hour, um, I know you, you've 
follow the, the AAA schools in the Huntington area. You have a good um, idea of their caliber of play. There's a lot of balance in that region right now. What's amazing, in Section 2, Region 4, uh, you have three of the four teams that are quite capable of going to Charleston and doing some damage. And specifically, the surprise is Cabell Midland, but uh, Coach Lance Sutherland and Hurricane, they're, they're a known quantity, and, and they can uh, they can play with anybody in the state. They've played teams all over the state. Of course, a couple of weeks ago, they were up at the Eastern Panhandle, and uh, they're, they're very, quite capable. Talked about Spring Valley, had Corey Maynard on a little while ago. Kind of a surprise, but... Uh, when they are on and when C.J. Meredith is hitting shots, uh, they can be among the best in the state. Huntington's the one that surprises folks, and I've been getting questions from around the state. What's wrong with the Highlanders? Because, I mean, everybody just almost assumes, well, they're going to be in Charleston every year. Uh, of course, they're going through a coaching change this year. Chris Gray replaced Ron Hess. They've had some players that uh, did not come out for basketball. They had some kids that transferred out of the school, and uh, some of the uh, talent they were expecting just not there this year. So uh, Chris Gray's kind of having to to piece things together. They might be decent when postseason times come. They're they're kind of the odd man out right now. But the other three schools in that section quite capable. It's going to be a real Donnybrook when the sectional begins in uh, AAA Region Four Section Two. And Huntington is still dangerous. They are still dangerous. So I mean, there's still some talent. It's just not hasn't gelled together quite yet. Exactly. And uh, before we go to break, I'll explain this to you, Joe, because about how everything ties together. Rick Chafin is the head boys coach at Cabell Bell. I look forward to talking with him throughout the hour. He was the boys basketball coach at Cerrito Canova Middle School when I was in middle school. And uh, they went 40-0 and when I was in 7th and 8th grade. So, uh, like, nobody beat them. What kind of scoring record did you say? <laughs> I, I, I had six points against them when, uh, tell you what, All right. was, uh, you know. If you saw the talent on that team, that wasn't bad at all. That's all. We're going to talk with Coach Chapin. We'll talk with uh, Eric from WVVV. We're going to score update. All of that when we come back with the second hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. That's after the break. Here along the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Special thanks to all of our affiliates. We really appreciate them. You can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including 105 KQV, WKQV Cowan, 105.5 FM, and heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM. 103.7 103.7 Jack FM, WQWV in Fisher, the Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM, WVLY Moundsville, Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel, Singing News Radio, 92.5 FM, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburn, Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 7.40 a.m., 106.5 FM. Classic Hits, 106 WHFI, Linside, 106.7 FM. 95, The Sports Fox. WBES, Charleston, 950 a.m. The Voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM and 1290 a.m. WVOW and Logan. Light Rock, 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. The Ticket, 102.3 FM, WMTD and Hinton. 
the greatest oldies of all time. 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZ LP, Edmund, Beckley. Tune for you, Yap Radio, WYAPLP in Clay. 104.5 FM, WASPLP Huntington. 101.1 FM, WVWPLP in Wayne. 90.7 FM, WFGH Fort Gay. And Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge. 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. Ryan Epling, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville with you. If you want scores, go to basketballnight.com. Check out at hoops underscore roundup on Twitter. Also, like us on Facebook. Washington, basketball Friday night in, in West basketball. Virginia. Again, our standout athlete of the week will be a little bit later in the program. Um, Eric Little WVVV in Parkersburg has been on hold for long enough. Eric, so sorry. It just Sometimes timing just doesn't work out right. We end up having to stick you on hold, and I hate that. That's okay. I'm a big Angie Bonzini fan, even though I've never met her. So that's, oh, uh, I'll introduce you. I'll, I'll introduce you to her in Charleston this year. How's that? Well, yeah. If, if I end up in Charleston, please do. I, I definitely would. Definitely would love to. I'm a longtime fan, and a, a big, I, I guess I have a lot of respect for her work. I was going to say a big respecter. But I don't think that's uh, quite how you say that. <laughs> well, you know, Parkersburg South boys basketball team, uh, it's been a little bit of an up-and-down season. But tonight, picking up a win over Warren, Ohio, 65-51, the final in that one. And uh, that's two in a row. And, I mean, to, to get on some type of hot streak, you have to start somewhere. And it seems like maybe the last couple of games, teams played a little bit better. Yeah, and I think what makes this one as unlikely as it was that they played so well is that they haven't played in 11 days. The Anna's Army game a week ago Saturday uh, was postponed. It'll be played Tuesday the 29th. So uh, they've gone 11 days between games and didn't really look at tonight. Uh, they got some scoring from some different sources. They had back-to-back double-doubles from Malachi Sylvia coming in. Instead, they get five different guys in double figures, 12 each from Alex Ward and Braden Mooney, 11 each from Seth Fallon, Jake Dennis, and then on the bench, Nathan Curry. Curry's 11 were big because Warren is a good ball club. Warren's come in uh, off of three straight wins. They had won six of the last seven, and they were hanging in there with South. And it was a game of runs in the first half. Uh, South built that lead up. Uh, couldn't quite get it to double figures for a long time. Finally did, but Warren uh, kept uh, coming back and getting in the game until Curry hit back-to-back threes in as many possessions off the bench. He ended up with 11 points off the bench. And after those uh, back-to-back threes, that lead went back to 10, and it really stayed there for good. Eric, knowing Coach Fallon as I do, I'm sure he used these uh, all these days uh, between games well. Probably had Camp Fallon, uh, a lot of... Uh, a lot of uh, intense practices, and uh, did it seem to show in the performance tonight that uh, maybe a little bit better effort, a little bit better uh, quality of uh, performance in this team? 
I thought so, and so did he. One of the things that uh, he addressed in the post game when he came on the on the radio to interview, um, he, he talked about how he really thought they would they'd done a better job finding one another, and um, the, the the time that they had in the gym uh, out of game competition really helped with that. I also saw more press out of the Patriots than we had seen in a lot of years. Much like you know, where the, where the Mountaineers at the college level haven't pressed a lot this season. Uh, the Patriots had been a pressing team in the last few years that, that we've seen them. They've not pressed as much this year, and that pressure was really on in the first half. And uh, at the start of the game, Warren had some trouble addressing that. And uh, you know, they, they began putting the pressure on South as well, and they became a, a team of battling presses in a lot of regards. But we saw a lot more press out of South tonight than what we've seen in the first seven games this year. Parkersburg South Patriots, 3-5 and five on the season, but two straight wins, and again, you got to start somewhere, and uh, there's a, a good basketball team uh, when it, um, you know, like you said, had an opportunity to kind of reset itself there over the with that layoff and uh, picking up a pair of uh, good wins in its last two games and a busy week ahead with uh, for the Patriots tomorrow, Battle of Parkersburg, uh, and then next week, uh, games at University, know how good the Hawks are. Uh, home game with John Marshall, and then a game at South Charleston. And, and never an easy ride through uh, through Class AAA. Eric Little, WVVV in Parkersburg. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks again. Again, tonight's the first uh, of a stretch of five games in nine nights, 11 games in 22 days for the Patriots. So uh, the time in the gym was nice, and they had better hit the reset, or better have hit the reset button because uh, it, it's going to come at them fast here pretty quick. Once again, Parkersburg South gets the win tonight over Warren Local. Eric Little, WVVV, we thank him so much for joining us and for uh, having patience with us tonight. Again, we're running tight on time. I'll tell you what, if you've ever never been one of the Parkersburg, Parkersburg South games, go. Because there is no love lost between these two schools. Uh, visited with uh, some South folks uh, few years ago and they love to tell parkersburg jokes or big they call them big red jokes well and, and the parkersburg versa. the parkersburg Fieldhouse, which by the game the way the, the game tomorrow is at parkersburg south i believe i think if we got that but uh-huh. parkersburg Fieldhouse, large building they hosted the globetrotters earlier this week <laughs> yes that gives you an idea of the size yes not your typical high but you still better go early if you're going to a yes, parkersburg, parkersburg south get a game. good seat get a seat <laughs> it's a lot of fun though when uh, when rivals get together. You know, someone else that uh, and Bill, you're you're more familiar because you've got to watch this team play in person. I do believe. I don't want to did, put I, words into your mouth. I, I, I did see Cabell Midland. <laughs> there yes. you go. The Cabell Midland Knights boys basketball team eight and two on the season. Head coach Rick Chafin joins us now on the program. And uh, coach, first off, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Hey, thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Uh, your basketball team, as I mentioned, eight and two on the year, and coming off of a, a tough game, um, lost to Beckley uh, last night, sixty-two fifty-five. Um, that makes uh, you know two and two in your last four. But I have to, I have to say, I, I, I've been aware of your coaching abilities first through Cerrito Canova Middle School twenty years ago. I remember twenty. Plus years, we won't get into too many numbers there. Uh, at Tulsa High School as well, and now at Cabell Midland. I still think that this Cabell Midland team has been a little bit of a surprise to people who maybe weren't all that familiar with them. Well, it's 
I'm sure it's a surprise. You know, I had coaches around the state calling, asking what's going on down at Capitol Midland, you know, friends of mine who are, you know, coaching different places. And, uh, you know, I think it's a surprise. But, you know, for the people who are close to the program, you know, I've been, you know, involved the last two years. Actually, it wasn't a big surprise to me. I felt like, you know, we had some kids who were, who were workers and who were, you know, who, who wanted to win. And uh, so, you know, I, I kind of had a feeling this year that we'd win some games. Rick, talk about uh, just the, the the building from scratch. And you, you and I have communicated since you got the job quite a bit. And you uh, didn't have much to work with because uh, there just wasn't a lot of infrastructure for a basketball program. Um, but, but uh, I mean, look at it. I mean, you're, you're coaching the largest school in the state. There's athletes throughout the hallways there in Cabell Midland. And little by little, you've started to build interest and uh, you've gotten kids to come out for basketball. Well, we'd like to have a lot more. There's yeah. a lot more basketball players up there who aren't playing. But, uh, you know, we haven't been able to get those kids yet. But, you know, we're trying. Uh, we had, uh, I think we had maybe 18, 19 kids try out. And uh, I know when I was at Huntington about 10 years ago helping Lloyd McGuffin, we had 72 kids try out on the first day. Uh, I think we had 18 or 19 at Midland this year. So, you know, not as much interest as I thought. Uh, I think we ended up keeping, you know, 16 so that we could, you know, for a JV and varsity. Uh, I'd certainly like to have more kids. We're hoping that, you know, the interest would uh, will rise with the, uh, you know, with winning games. There's a basketball team that, uh, as you mentioned, uh, is winning games and uh, did fall in its last outing, but, you know, has a win over Huntington, a win over Hurricane, at Hurricane, which, uh, that's no easy task. Uh, a loss to Spring Valley, but that was a game where Spring Valley shot the lights out mm-hmm. for about three quarters, and then Cabell Midland made a furious comeback in the in the fourth, came up a little bit short. But uh, coach, you, you you in a game like that because that's the one I'm probably the most familiar with. Um, I, I think you can take a lot of positive from the way your team fought back that night, and, uh, and it seems like they've carried that through. Well, we were we shot I think eight percent the first half. <laughs> But, you know, Spring Valley had a lot to do with that. Spring Valley's a good team, and they're a great team with the addition of uh, Grayson Malshevitz and Doug Nestor. You know, they really put them over the top. Um, Spring Valley came out. You know, they were hitting shots. We weren't hitting shots. And then the second half, you know, our kids could have quit. We were down 25 points. And I told our kids at halftime, didn't yell, didn't have to get mad, anything. I just, you know, I was shaking my head about our misses and their makes. I said, hey, go out here, forget the first half, let's play hard the second half and see what happens, and we were able to fight back within two points, and uh, I think we ended up losing, you know, by five, you know five or six points, whatever it was. Rick, one thing that's impressive about your club is that you have so many guys that have contributed this year. You, you don't have just one standout guy and everybody else just contributes. It just seems like there's a different guy every night doing well. Lately, a guy that's been getting a lot of attention is your ninth grader who can just shoot it lights out when he's on, and that's uh, Chandler Schmidt. Right, Chandler's a freshman. He's a he's from a you know a basketball family. He's got a great basketball background, high basketball IQ, um, and uh, you know just like you said, we've had different kids every night. We started off the first couple games of the season. We only had six kids on the varsity. We had some injuries, and I think uh, every game we've changed our lineup. So we have right now we're back to we're up to nine kids. We're starting to get our six nine sophomore back. Um, we're hoping that he comes around here maybe by the 1st of February and he's back to 100%. Uh, 
but we've been using different lineups. And last night against uh, Woodrow, we purposefully I had to play nine kids because I know by the end of the season we need to get everyone involved, and every one of those kids need to be playing because when you get down to the second, third week of uh, February, you never know about injury, sickness, and you know we want to have you know kids that we can look down the bench and count on. So we wanted to get them in the Woodrow game last night. You know, win or lose, we were going to play nine kids, and we did that. Head Coach Rick Chafin of the Cattle Midland Knights boys basketball team, thanks so much for joining us, and I have a feeling we may get to talk again before the season's over. Thank you. I appreciate being here, and you know, I'd, I'd like to do it again. Thank you. Sounds good. Rick Chafin, head coach of Cabell Midland High School. Um, like I said, I've been familiar with him for basically all my basketball life, so um, yeah, not surprising to me that he's having success there. Um, moving right along, because we, we'll do our standout athlete of the week uh, segment in our next um, our next segment, but Brian Sexton, public address announcer, Calvary Baptist Patriots. He joins us now on the program. And uh, Brian, before we go too far, uh, we're still looking for the score of that game tonight with Hannon. Well, I can give that to you guys. Billy, uh, Ryan, good to be with you guys tonight. And uh, we beat the Wildcats 80 to 55 here at the Patriot Center and uh, uh, pulled away from them early in the first half, got out on them. Uh, we were up uh, 39-23 at the half and just widened that lead in the second half. Our our uh, our senior point guard, Isaac Massey, got going in the second half. But, guys, big performance from 6'5", junior center Robert Clutter. 32 points tonight, nine rebounds. Uh, just played a complete game. And, really, uh, teams are not having much of an answer for Robert on the inside. Uh, and that was uh, the second of back-to-back wins. You had kind of a Mason County uh couple of days with a win over uh, Point Pleasant last night, 66-53, the final in that one. And uh, again, a night where uh, you had balance at the top of the uh, scoring column. Well, and, and, you know, we had to move that game from uh, Tuesday night. We were supposed to go up there Tuesday night and end up being last night. So we're in back-to-back nights. But, uh, but again, you know, um, it's one of those things where you've got, uh, you know, you've got uh, a balanced scoring and, and things like that. And, and it's, you know, it's the top of that, that lineup, you know, with Massey and Clutter. We've got a nice inside-out game. And, and, and Ryan, that took us to 14-4 and with tonight's win on the season. And we hope to carry that into next week because we've got four games next week. So by the time I talk to you guys next Friday night, you know, we'll, we'll be on the, the third of four games next week. We've got... Uh, Beth Haven Christian Academy on Tuesday, Taze Valley Christian on Thursday, Grace on Friday at home, all, all three of those games at home. And then we've got the, the battle for the border next Saturday with Sheldon Clark. So it's, it's, it's going to be a big week for us next week. But, you know, to come into this week and sweep the week, uh, our coach David Spencer says work hard and go home or go home. And so, you know, we just tried to do that. We've just tried to work hard and, and, uh, and and get out of there with wins. So uh, you know, and then you were talking to Cabell Midlands coach Rick Chafin just a moment ago. Um, you know, if we're playing well and they're playing well, that's gonna set up to be a dandy matchup and personally I hope his six nine sophomore comes back after we play them. So <laughs> you know that's <laughs> that that would be that would be advantageous for us. That game's up for February second at Cabell Middle and that should be a lot of fun and 
I mean, just looking down through the, the, the way you talked about playing uh, Sheldon Clark, Battle of the Border, that is at Lawrence County High School in Louisa, Kentucky. Um, Sheldon Clark is at Inez, Kentucky. That should be a lot of fun just to match up with somebody different and uh, just see where everybody stands. Brian Sexton, public address broadcaster, public address announcer, Calvary Baptist Academy. Thanks so much for joining us. I know we were a little bit short tonight, but it's a, we got a long way to go and not much time to get there. Well, you know, I may not have a voice by next week. We got three <laughs> home games next week, so by the time I by the time I talk to you guys next Friday night, it, it may sound more like Froggy from the the Little Rascals than than a nice, clear, <laughs> professional sounding voice. So, Billy Ryan, take care. You guys have a great night. Appreciate a couple minutes. Thanks so much. That's Brian Sexton of Calvary Baptist Academy. We've got to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we'll introduce you to this week's standout athlete of the week. And there's a bit of irony, too, because their team was upset tonight. And we'll talk with the coach of the team who upset them. That's all how it always works, right? This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Careers in sports journalism are growing with the expansion of cable networks, the rise of sports-centered online platforms, and ever-popular local coverage. Get in the game. You're a passion, curiosity, charisma, and a Marshall University sports journalism degree will equip you with the combination for success. You'll be the eyes, ears, and life of the game when you learn the art of sports storytelling while covering the thundering herd on our Huntington campus. Go behind players' stats and game scores. Learn to report compelling stories. Become proficient in breaking news across multiple media platforms. Find out how sports and media impact our society. Marshall University's WPH Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We're streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit basketballnight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our live high-definition video screen by going to basketballnight.com. All it takes is just one click to watch. Follow us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Become part of the show. Go to our webpage, basketballnight.com. You can call, tweet, text, and email us with your scores and updates. Shout out to our latest Twitter followers tonight, Ryan C.K., B.J. Calabrese, Kerry Burgoyne, Billy Gotholm, and Big Atlantic. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, back with you. Bill Cornwell is in studio with us as well. Now our special correspondent, Spencer Dupuis, is with us as we... uh, get to know our standout athlete of the week we haven't had many freshmen be our standout athlete of the week but uh spencer this week is uh one who has been uh while being a freshman still has played basketball for um 
most of her life. Yes, quite a few years. She started at the age of four. She was playing in a, the league with her brother, who her older brother uh, t- uh, plays right now for uh, – he's a junior for Fairmont Senior. He plays on the boys' team there. And she's a starter at the – or starter for Fairmont Senior, excuse me, at 12-2 and two team. Had a tough loss tonight against the Lincoln Cougars, 55-47. But to be a starter on a senior-laden team – very impressive. Yeah, Marley Washington's our standout athlete of the week, and uh, she's a freshman starter. You mentioned the other four are seniors. It's a very experienced Polar Bears club, one that won a state championship uh, just a couple of years ago and um, really uh, was ranked number one until falling tonight. So putting her in has kind of rejuvenated the program in some ways. Yeah, and it's, it's always nice to see a freshman do things like that, but – as a freshman, she obviously has experience at, at the level that you would play when you're playing in high school as she played for the West Virginia Thunder of AAU ball. Yeah, and, and the Thunder program is based in the Huntington area but still draws from um, across the um, – basically across the state but draws also from uh, the region as well. But also off the floor, she gets it done in the classroom, probably as, as good or better than what she does um, you know, on, on the court. Yeah, and it, it's evident that she will be playing for a long time after she graduates high school. Yeah, she's an honor student, already has offers, multiple letters that she's receiving interest. Marley Washnitz, our standout athlete of the week, freshman at Fairmont Senior Spencer, has more. Marley Washnitz is early in her high school basketball career at Fairmont Senior High School, but is already making an impact because she is the lone polar bear starter that is not a senior. Washington says it's all about how you play, not the classification you are labeled. I don't really look at, like, age or grade or whatever. I just look at it as a team, and if a certain player plays up to the same as a older classman, then it just seems the same to me, and we all seem to just play really good together. Washington believes that playing the past four years for the AAU West Virginia Thunder has made for an easier transition to the high school game. AAU helps a lot because you're playing against other bigger teams throughout the nation, and adjusting wasn't really as hard. It pretty much just seemed the same. Washnitz really credits AAU for the exposure to competition, for the friendships, and for making basketball a constant in her life long after the high school season ends. It's helped my game tremendously because after high school season, I'm not just done with basketball. I go into the gyms and I work. In order for me to play on Thunder, you know, I have to go and work, so it keeps me going. Washnitz has attended a couple junior All-American camps and claims they have helped her tremendously because of the players with whom she competes. They're all really competitive, and they really help me get exposure as well as meeting new players across the country that are just as good as not right there with me. Marley's mother, Terry, believes that Marley playing on the same team with her older brother, Trey, who is now a junior at Fairmont Senior, when they were younger, has really helped her hone her skills. Playing against boys, I think, helped. She played in that league up until fourth grade. So she played with boys at age of four until she was in fourth grade. I think that advanced her. When not on the court playing the game she loves, she has recently discovered another reason to love the game by sharing her passion with others. She really enjoyed helping our girls' basketball middle school team this year, um, the girls went over and helped teach some sixth graders and seventh graders basic skills. And she came home really saying, I loved it. I always think I want to coach now. So she just really enjoyed, I think, helping the younger kids. With three years remaining at Fairmont Senior, Washness doesn't have to assume coaching duties just yet because the heralded freshman has already received some offers and letters to keep playing her game at the next level. For Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm Special Correspondent Spencer Dupuy. 
Thank you very much, Spencer. And uh, we greatly appreciate Spencer taking the time to get that. And before we go back to the phones, I, I do want to mention real fast because I like to tie things together. You know, <laughs> things that I didn't, things, a lot of times I'm not even aware of until like we get into the show and then I can make all these connections to things. Um, here, here we go. You ready for this? Uh, go for it. All right. Marley Washington's mother is Terry. She played basketball at Fairmont State. One of her teammates at Fairmont State was Kara Morris, now Kara Morris Adkins, who is from Wayne. They were really good friends. Kara's dad was the 1968 Kennedy Award winner from Wayne, David Morris. And um, he attended WVU. He was a starting defensive back for the Mountaineers. And uh, I actually saw him at McDonald's this morning in Lavalette, <laughs> West Virginia. <laughs> so, as the world turns. As the world turns, yes. And. Um, I want to thank Kara for checking in with us. She's up there. Um, she went actually went up to Fairmont tonight just to watch their game uh, because again, one of her best friend's daughters, and uh, had an opportunity to see that. So that's a uh, that's very fun. It's a small little world that we live in, isn't it? <laughs> it is. I mean, uh, and if I've taught you nothing, Joe, that's what <laughs> it's small. It's a small it's world. It's a really small world. You know what's playing in my head now that. Disney song. It's a small, small. It's a world. small world after all. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's tie this in together too. When I walked into the state girls basketball tournament last year, the first person I talked to was the head coach of the Lincoln Cougars, Rob Hawkins. He joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And coach, good to talk with you again. First off, well, I appreciate you having me on. I'm in pretty good mood tonight, so <laughs> glad to be on the show. Absolutely, your girls picked up a big win tonight. Uh, defeating Fairmont Senior and, you know, upset or not upset, at least from the outside looking in, this puts your ball club right in the conversation for, um, you know, excellent seating come sectional time. Yeah, this this was a big win for us. Uh, We're a fairly young team still. And uh, so I wasn't sure if we were ready for this. I knew we could play with them. I didn't know if... uh, if we were ready to uh, to come out and play as well as we did, you know, it was a great team effort tonight. And you know, Fairmont State's a a good team, and they're always in a conversation in double A. So for us to come out and get a win against their program is really big for us. Fifty five forty seven was the final in that one, and um, you know, I, I have to think that your team's kind of quietly been. Uh, you know, playing very well, a little bit under the radar, perhaps. Lost the season opener to Buchanan Upshur and have won ten straight since then. Uh, Lincoln, I mean, obviously, your your program has a little bit of a target on it because of the success that you've had over the years. But is it nice to maybe fly under the radar just a little bit? I think you're on the radar now for certain, but at least through tonight. Uh, yeah, it, it has been, and I've, I've you know talked to my coach about that. We lost so many great players in the last two years. You know, Hope Bray and Gracie Ray in the last two years and all the players that have led to that success. And everybody else, I think, was expecting us to be down to a certain point. But we knew that this team could be pretty good. We, we uh, really felt good about them, and we felt good coming in. We just knew it would be uh, the maturation process and how quickly they could go through that would determine our success. And uh you know, the first game against Buchanan Upshur, uh, you know, it's a tie game with about two minutes to go. Buchanan Upshur made plays. We didn't. And so hopefully we've learned from that. And, uh, you know, tonight, uh, Fremont Senior went on a 9-0 run there in the fourth quarter and we were able to take the lead and we responded right back. So I'm hoping that's a sign that uh, 
that we're starting to get it. Coach, uh, I know you're playing in a Martin Luther King Day event on Monday against a, a school that uh, sometimes gets confused with you, and of course that is the Lincoln County Panthers who are making the trip up to East Fairmont to play you. Yeah, I'm excited to play them, and I think that coach requested it. I don't know if they ever get confused for us, but we definitely get confused for them all the time. <laughs> We're called Lincoln County a lot. So so it's good that we'll play them. Maybe people see the score and figure out there's two of us. So <laughs> they know what happens as much in the future. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's, uh, it should be fun. Uh, and I know you have to. You can't look too far ahead, but you also have a game at North Marion next week. I think, uh, I mean, you're right into the into the heart of your schedule right now. Yeah, ever since uh, the Big Ten expanded, we have had Baylor Senior and North Marion back to back. Usually, it's in the same week, so at least we get a little break here. But uh, you know, we talk about double girls basketball. That's quite the group that we run through every January. So. You know, we got the first leg out of the uh, You know, we have to make sure that we uh, come out and play well Monday. And then, yeah, it doesn't get any easier next Wednesday as we go to North Marion for that one. Rob Hawkins, head coach of the Lincoln Cougars girls basketball team. They pick up a win tonight over Fairmont Senior, 55-47, the final. The Cougars beat the Polar Bears tonight. Coach, congratulations on that win. What's already been a great season to this point. And I'm pretty sure we're going to be speaking again on down the road. All right, appreciate you having me on tonight. All right, that's Rob Hawkins, and I uh, greatly appreciate uh, him being available tonight after a big win for his ball club. We've got to step aside, take a break. When we come back, Jordan Mounts, WFGH, and Fort Gay, we'll talk about Tug Valley basketball, and we'll finally get that long-awaited scoreboard update. That's when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Congratulations tonight to Marley Washinitz. We appreciate her being part of the show, and you'll hear from her later tonight. She was selected as tonight's Standout Athlete of the Week, representing the Fairmont Senior Lady Polar Bears. Marley joins R.J. Klein from the Sherman Tide, Jesse Muncie of the Tulsa Rebels, Anna Hamilton from the Nicholas County Grizzlies, Jordan Kish, Chapmanville Tigers, and Madison Blankenship last week from the Riverview Raiders. What they all have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. If you have someone remarkable on your team, for an athlete that made an outstanding play, you can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, and click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. Fill out the nomination form. We'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Don't forget to join us online. Vote in this week's poll. You've got till 1145 tonight, and then we'll share the voting results with you. This week's question, is it okay for a coach to go out and film scouting video of an opposing team's game? Give us a yes or no tonight. 
Go to basketballnight.com and vote in this week's poll. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. 1031 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Halfway home on episode 80 overall. Unbelievable. We've been busy tonight, though, man. Hey, you know, we've got a lot to talk about, a lot yeah. of people to talk to. Talk, I like, actually, I like the words talk with. That's just a personal preference because we're not telling them anything. We're talking. We're, we're having, having a conversation. conversation. Yeah. Yes, we've talked to players. We've talked to coaches. We've talked to broadcasters. Hey, yeah, so, we're, we're just we're just rolling right along, trying to do our best to cover West Virginia high school basketball. Uh, and again, it's just so awesome to be able to to do this uh, program with all you guys every Friday night through the basketball season. Uh, I'm just stalling to make Jordan wait a little bit longer. Uh, Jordan Mounts is on hold. He's uh, one of our hosts who is right now uh, going to talk about Tug Valley. Not right now, because first, we need to get a check of the Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. I'll get the girls' scores, then we'll turn Bill Cornwell loose on the boys' scores. How's that? Very good. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit BasketballNight.com. Com. Our scores from girls basketball tonight. Cameron defeats Frontier Ohio 56-32. That was in the St. Mary's tournament. Also tonight, Wheeling Central defeats Charleston Catholic 42-37. The reigning state champion uh, Maroon Knights get a close win over the now 3-11 Irish. Also tonight, final score, Moorefield defeats Petersburg 49-47. It was Lincoln County defeating Point Pleasant, 71-40. Lincoln County gets the win. Remember, different school. Buchanan Upshur defeats Robert C. Bird tonight, 67-34. Audrey Godet with 17 points in the win for the Buccaneers. Woodrow Wilson defeats Cabell Midland, 55-25. That's a big win for the Flying Eagles over the Knights. East Fairmont defeats Elkins, 47-39. A double-A showdown tonight. In Shinston, and it goes to Lincoln. The Cougars defeat Fairmont Senior 55-47. As uh, that, that is a big win for the Cougars, despite the efforts of Anissa Jordan for Fairmont Senior, who scored her 1,000th career point tonight. Also tonight, George Washington defeats Spring Valley 66-59. It was Preston over Grafton in double overtime, 38-34. Low-scoring game there. Frankfurt, a high-scoring game, defeats Hampshire tonight, 83-45. Parkersburg rolls over Hurricane, 89-24. The Big Reds get the win. Also in girls' basketball tonight, Morgantown rivalry goes to Morgantown. The Mohegans defeat Crosstown Rival University, 57-54. Tucker County, a 63-49 winner over Pocahontas County. And Parkersburg Catholic, 12-1 after defeating Williamstown, 80 to 55. Bill has the boys' scores. All right, we start off with uh, Moorefield uh, losing to Strasburg, Virginia this evening, 63 49. In the Matt Boggs tournament at Tyler Consolidated, uh, Liberty Mountaineers over Valley Wetzel, 69 66. Weir gets a win tonight over Brook, 59 41. It was uh, Midland Trail, 60. 
Gilmer County, 43. Wheeling Central takes care of Charleston Catholic tonight, 56-53. And Mount View tonight uh, falls to Greater Beckley Christian, 78-46. In that game, Greater Beckley Christian's Chance Potter hits his 1,000th point, has a double-double, 19 points and 11 rebounds. Calvary Christian over Hannon this evening, 80-55. Spring Mill defeats Hedgesville, 66-56. County rivals Jefferson and Washington playing this evening, and Washington gets the win over Jefferson, 49-37. Wheeling Park beats John Marshall, 62-50. Lincoln County beats Mann, 85-89. Magnolia falls to Tyler Consolidated, 66 to 44. That was in that Matt Boggs tournament at Tyler Consolidated as well. Martinsburg, they just keep on rolling 13 0. They beat Musselman by a score of 48 33. Oak Hill beats Westside 70 to 50. It was Parkersburg South over Warren of Ohio 65 51. Shady Springs defeats Pikeview 90 61. Point Pleasant falling to uh, Ravenswood. Uh, only the second win of the year for Ravenswood. They get it 45-41. to 41. Our University over Preston tonight, 89-49. to 49. Princeton beats uh, Blacksburg, Virginia, 95-78. Webster County over the Roan County Raiders, 69-57. Sherman falls to Tulsa, 102-45. Boca defeats Sissonville, 62-46 in the Cardinal Conference. Uh, Summers County loses to James Monroe, 65-56. South Gallia, uh, winner over Wahama, 63-40. Nitro over Winfield, 57-53. Van 67, Huntington St. Joe, 60. Greenbrier West beats Ritchie County, 85-48. Dodgers County over Pocahontas County, 75-47. It was 100 falling to Montcalm, 67-64. Finally, it was Clay Patel. Uh, beating Tigers Valley 74-50. Got one more. Almost forgot him. Pawpaw falls to Harmon 77-46. That's a look at your basketballnight.com scoreboard. Marshall University Sports uh, School of Journalism. Sports Journalism. There we go. I know what I'm trying to say. Harmon Panthers. That's a jersey I want. We need to work on that one, too. That's, a, that's eventually. Okay, Joe, before we go to Jordan Mounts. I'm scared. All right. <laughs> so... I, I, I made the tie with Marley Warshnitz there just a minute ago. Oh, no. <laughs> Do you know that her mother, Terry, was the former Terry Lovejoy, who went to Scott High School? Yeah. You should know her. I do know her. Wow. <laughs> I didn't make the connection. Unbelievable, right? It is, absolutely. This world just, just got very, very <laughs> tiny here on Basketball Friday Night. That's unbelievable. Thanks. I, I could read your lips during while Bill was doing the scoreboard, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm being set up for something here. So yeah, you really were. It, it didn't make the didn't but, make And Fred Dameron nailing but, the, the music. Oh, yeah, and by the way, because of that, thanks, Fred. Our evening is shot because as a veteran Disney World visitor, you go ride. It's a small world. You will be humming that song for the, the rest, rest of the day. The rest of the week. Uh, <laughs> all right. Small world. I love this. This is good stuff. Oh, and one other thing. Congratulations to the Sherman Tide. They finally picked up their first win this week. I mean, they, they've really struggled, but they finally pulled off a win this week. Yeah, absolutely. So. And we know that um, yeah, that's, hey, we're here to celebrate everything, right. all things basketball on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Jordan Mounts. 
Um, WFGH M Fort Gay joins us now, and he covers the Tug Valley Panthers. He's got a preview of a big game tomorrow as Tug Valley and Notre Dame do battle. And Jordan, uh, I think Tug Valley's in a showdown basically every time they play a game because they've played just a, a grueling schedule. Um, but you know where they stand when it comes to tournament time. I know you're absolutely right, Ryan. You know, and talking with Coach Edwin May, he believes that this difficult schedule is what really prepares Tug Valley to do so well when it comes to tournament time. Um, it's also, tomorrow is also a really significant event um, for Tug Valley. Um, Tug Va- in 2019, this marks the 20th year anniversary that Tug Valley brought home its first state championship in 1999. And uh, tomorrow at Panther Arena, we are going to be honoring that 1999 team for that 20-year mark of delivering that first state championship back to Tug Valley. I remember that team, Greg Davis and company. Um, And in that span, uh, Tug Valley beat Woodrow Wilson with Dave Barksdale on the sidelines in Naugatuck, scored over 100 against the Flying Eagles. And Mm -hmm. Greg Davis had 51 that night. That was a special night in Naugatuck. You don't forget things was, like that. Was it Frankie Smith, the coach? I believe so. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, that, so definitely a special, uh, uh, a special team. And, you know, this, this ball club is 5-6 and six on the season and is the epitome of a 500 team basically in that they average 60 points a game, they allow 60 points a game. And against that, that difficult schedule, I think you can kind of throw out the record and look more at their level of play. And I think that um, their level of play – Maybe not showing up in wins and losses right now, but Jordan, I think it has to be, uh, you know, acceptable at this point for that ball club. Well, you know, you're absolutely right. Um, looking here back at this previous week, uh, we talked about the Hurricane game there, the Hatfield McCoy shootout there allowed last week's show, and what a good performance Tug Valley had in that. Then they followed it up the day after and actually pulled out an upset victory of Pikeville High School out of Kentucky. Um, and uh, defeated uh, the Panthers of Pikeville High School, uh, a slim margin there in double overtime. So that was a that was a, a key turning point. I think this tournament was for Tug Valley. Watching the boys uh, since then, watching them play uh, and and develop, it, we kind of watched them grow up before ourselves. Right there, two of their two of our toughest opponents here to date, uh, and they started playing more team basketball, sharing the ball, passing the ball, not really caring who gets the points as long as we get the points in the end. And it showed in the outcome, you know, defeating a, a quality opponent like Pikeville High School. Uh, and then, you know, a little bit later in the week, we had to come against uh, the uh, what used to be a double-A rival uh, in the Chapmanville Tigers, and uh, that team is just ridiculously good. They were, they were shooting somewhere in the neighborhood of 70% uh, from the field. Uh, from the uh, in the first quarter of that game, um, it started off ugly, and it, and it it just kind of ended that way. But that that team is just if they don't win another state championship, I'm going to be shocked. Tug Valley and Notre Dame set to do battle tomorrow as Notre Dame will make the trip from Clarksburg down I-79 to Charleston down Corridor G down 119, and then the short little two lane <laughs> road trip. Over to Naugatuck, which is not that far at all. It's like six miles from the four lane. So uh, not not a bad trip. Not as bad of a trip as it seems, but it'll be a long trip uh, tomorrow for Notre Dame into Naugatuck. Jordan Mounts, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Hey, no problem, Ryan. Also, uh, you made me wait long enough. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tie another one to you really quickly. You had the uh, head coach of uh, Cabell Midland High School on 
there just a short time ago, and he was talking about return, the return of their six foot nine sophomore center. That's, uh, that kid, his name is uh, Sean Markham, and he is my second cousin, along with his <laughs> younger brother, Tyler Markham, and their mother, who I saw this evening, unfortunately, at a funeral, but nonetheless, uh, yeah. So there's hey. another story to tie together. <laughs> I can't top it. So. I mean, this is I'm, we're just having an incredible little show here tonight. Um, Jordan, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, no problem, guys. I'll hey. catch you all later. All right, we're just one big happy family. We West are. Virginia. I mean, you know, when we talk about the basketball night or basketball Friday night in West Virginia family, we mean it. Exactly. Um, you know, yeah. I'm kind of surprised that that. Uh, Coach Jarrett West didn't get that game moved to maybe a little earlier in the afternoon so they could play the game and he could get to Huntington and watch his son play. Uh, hey, you know, that, um, that is scheduled for – at least we've got it as a 6 o'clock game. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Marshall's at home tomorrow seven. against FIU at 7. So, um, yeah, I got that. Let's go right back to the phone. Hey, I want to say this first. Craig Dutton, WXCR in New Martinsville. <laughs> we will get to you in a few moments, formerly of WRRR. Uh, we'll also talk with our standout athlete of the week. Uh, right after the break. First, I want to go to sports journalist of superdavesports.com. He is Dave Morrison. Dave, thanks so much for joining us here on Basketball Friday Night. Hey, guys. How you doing? I'm going to time very, it better very, next very week. Regal, very regal, regal uh, welcome. I appreciate that. I'm going to time it out a little bit better next week so that horn goes right at the end of it. Get the little. Uh, I like that. Yeah, uh, I'm working on. You really on can't it. have too many horns. That's what I, No. By the way, we need to have bands back at high school games. I'm just saying. But anyway, that kind of came out of nowhere. But uh, they add to the atmosphere, and I, I enjoy live music much better than stuff you play over. Uh, yeah. That might be a good speakers. future uh, question. Yes. Yeah, question of bands, the week. Yeah, should pep bands be? Yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that in our poll question. We'll talk about that later. Anyway, Dave, <laughs> basketball. Lots of it this week, and. Uh, in the Region 3 area of West Virginia. And uh, I don't know that anybody necessarily stood out that we didn't already know was good, but, I mean, there are good games there basically every night of the week there's a good one to go to. Yeah, there is. And tonight I was at Westside and Oak Hill for Part 2 of that uh, Section 1 rivalry here in Region 3. And we would expect Oak Hill having a better season. They did win the game. I think one thing we did learn is maybe that Oak Hill's Lack of depth is just a uh, is just not true. They were able to use some of the depth, and I know Benitez Jackson told me after the game he feels like he can go nine deep. Had to do that tonight. Andrew Work, their fine senior and leading scorer, ran into some foul trouble early. Um, also, Derek McDowell, who had just a super game with twenty two points, I think twelve rebounds too. I think he had double double, and uh, both of those guys ran into some early foul trouble. So. Uh, Benitez Jackson was able to go to this bench, and they performed well. I think he played as many as nine in that first half. So maybe the uh, the uh, tale that uh, Oak Hill doesn't have a lot of depth, maybe that's not as uh, as true as we once believed because they did show that. And really, with uh, Corey Bast, you guys probably heard of him from football season, the uh, outstanding quarterback for Oak Hill. He's back now after being injured against Bluefield. In the playoffs, so he's back, and uh, that gives him a little bit more depth. So, and I, I do think tonight we saw that Westside again will compete. Sean Jackson or uh, Sean Jenkins said after the game that uh, he loves the, the looks of these sophomores he's playing, and uh, 
One of this tonight, Daniel Reed had a real good game, 13 points in the first half. It seems like they have a sophomore to step up every night. They're not getting the wins. He feels he's about five, six, seven possessions from maybe uh, being in and having a chance to win 12 of those. Uh, they played 14 games. He feels he's been beat twice, once by Chapmanville, obviously the other by Shady Spring. Those he could have been in those other games, the ones that he didn't win. So um, tonight, also in the area, James Monroe's boys pick up a win over Summers County. McKinley Mann goes for 24 points. Um, you had Greater Beckley Christian picking up a, a 32-point win over Mountain View. Uh, we were talking with Chance Potter earlier. He went over 1,000 points for his career in that game. Not surprised that Greater Beckley won. The margin, though, is a little bit of, a, of an eye-opener. So um, some you know good performances uh, in the, uh, yeah, I think the Greater Beckley is a team you can watch in single way. We did, uh, Chance Potter tonight picks up his thousand point earlier in the week. Noah Midkiff from Greenbrier West, another very good, uh, single way team here in the region. Noah Midkiff goes over a thousand. And McKinley Mann, you mentioned him before, uh, with his 24 points tonight. Yeah, just, uh, one game back, he eclipsed 1,000 points. So a lot of guys are piling up. And Andrew Work, I think, is 32 points from, a thousand for his career, which is really amazing if you consider he missed half his sophomore year with an injury. Uh, yeah, to get to, get to a thousand, typically health is a is a factor, and uh, yeah, that, that is incredible that he was so able to get there. Dave Morrison, sports journalist, SuperDaveSports dot com. Always a pleasure, Dave. Hey guys, I really appreciate it, and look forward to talking to you again real soon. Sounds good. That's Dave Morrison again of SuperDaveSports dot com. We'll step aside, take a break. When we come back. We will talk with this week's Standout Athlete of the Week. Also have Craig Dutton, formerly WRR and WXCR in New Martinsville. Also Jared Robertson, assistant coach of Greenbrier West. Dylan Godet of the Buccaneers Sports Network and Buchanan. I mean, we're going to have to really cram things in. I better be quiet now and just toss it to break here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, right here. Join us online. Vote in this week's poll. You've got till 1145 tonight. This week's question, is it okay for a coach to go out and film scouting video of an opposing team's game? Give us a yes or no tonight. Go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. Again, you got to 11.45 tonight. You'll find that at basketballnight.com. Also, make sure you sign up for the Daily Hoops Roundup. That's part of basketballnight.com, too. Every day we recap the day scores just for you on all teams in West Virginia. We'll send followers an email at 8 a.m., with all of the daily scores in West Virginia. You can also visit basketballnight.com at any time, and you can check out the day's scores. We want you to become part of our score reporting crew, too, during the week and on Friday nights. Send us your team scores by Twitter, text, or email, and we'll make that part of our daily hoops roundup. We want you to be part of the Basketball Friday Night at West Virginia family. You can follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. You can email us scores at basketballnight.com scores at basketballnight.com. 
You can also send a text with scores to 304-249-4924. 304-249-4924. You can text your scores there. Check it out at basketballnight.com. And we also want to mention, send us your pictures. We'll feature them in our high-definition video feed. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. School basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. It's 10.51 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. So happy to have you along with us as we are almost through two hours of the fastest three hours in radio. I truly believe that. You know, there were all these monikers for teams back in the day, the running, whatever, the running Wildcats of Logan. That's the one that's really (laughs) real. You had the running Rebels of Tulsa when they were really a team that would get up and down the floor. This show is a sprint in its own. (laughs) And the third hour seems like it goes by faster than the first two. Yeah, absolutely. And we've got a lot of people to talk to. So, first, let's talk with our standout athlete of the week. She is a freshman at Fairmont Senior. She starts with four seniors for that Polar Bears Club, ranked number one in Class AA. Had a rough one tonight, but that does not take away from the season that they are having and certainly uh, isn't going to be a a factor really in their goals when it comes to the postseason. Marley Washnitz joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Marley, welcome to the program. Hi, yeah, thank you for having me. Well, you are our standout athlete of the week, and one of the things that we learned about you earlier in the hour uh, was that you, while being a freshman, you have a lot of experience on the court and playing in some, uh, you know, some rough competition. You've been playing since you were four years old, and uh, you know your brother, who's on the boys' team at Fairmont Senior, uh, has been some of your direct competition growing up. Yeah. You know, growing up, I always played with him and his friends, which, you know, almost pretty much not only made me tougher, it uh, helped my game a lot. It showed me, like, you know, uh, I, certain things I can and can't do. And because boys are supposedly more athletic and stronger and uh, mature, well, not really mature, but uh, <laughs> they, uh, you know, hit puberty sooner, it, they really are, like, kind of stronger. So it makes me, uh, it's almost a harder competition than what, playing against the same aged girls against me you know it's harder playing against boys and you talk about playing um a similar age and how that is a factor you are a freshman on a team that has four seniors who are starting beside you i know that's a lot of talent but at the same time you haven't necessarily got to play with them because of the age discrepancy very much growing up how has that been kind of uh gelling with them well, you know, growing up, I always did watch Fairmont Senior and, you know, the high school, you know, when I was in middle school and stuff. So I always watched them and always knew that I'd end up playing with them for at least one year. And they were always nice because before I used to come into workouts sometimes when I was in middle school and they'd let me work out and they would always, you know, like encourage me, you know, they'd help. And so them being so welcoming and me coming in with them, you know, it was really easy and it felt like we had been friends for a while when it only had been a few months. 
that was kind of going to be my next question was, you know, how, how do you feel like you fit in as a freshman? But it's, it sounds like uh, they just welcome you with open arms and you blended right in with them. Yeah, our coach really, he, he really emphasizes, you know, using your teammates and, uh, you know, welcoming everyone because you can't be a team if you guys can't, you know, work together. Corey Hines, an excellent basketball coach, also a good dresser, we've learned over the years at the basketball state tournament. Yeah. Uh, um, just, uh, you know, let's also talk about off the floor. An honor student already getting uh, attention from colleges, both for your academics and obviously for your athletics as well. And uh, just tell me a little bit about uh, how it is to balance your time between schoolwork and uh, improving your skill level on the floor. Well, you know, obviously I have school early in the morning for around seven hours, so I always try to, like, you know, during study halls or study periods, I always try to use my time-wise and, you know, get my homework and stuff done that way. It's out of the way, and I can just get home and work. But there's also, like, other things I have after school, not just, like, you know, my practice and stuff. You know, sometimes I have recently I've gone off to visit with uh, an official visit with Boston College, and then... You know, Coach Mike Carey for WVU's had me up a few times, and uh, it's not really that hard to manage right now just because I'm only a freshman, so there's that much work I have. But when I do have my work, I try to finish it as soon as possible. That way it's it's uh, out of the way, and I have the rest of the day to myself. Marley Washington, a freshman at Fairmont Senior, starter for the Polar Bears. Uh, lost tonight to Lincoln, but still off to a fantastic start, ranked number one in class, double A deservedly. So thanks so much for joining us. And once again, congratulations on being our standout athlete of the week. All right, thank you. All right, once again, that's Marley Washington of Fairmont Senior. Look what she's got to look forward to. I mean, she's a freshman. they still got half the season and three more years to go. Right. And, and uh, gets my attention, too, that she is playing already with the highly touted West Virginia Thunder AAU group. Uh, I know Coach Shannon Lewis from uh, St. Joe is involved with that organization, and they are just loaded with talent. And if she's in that group, that shows you something. She's special. Yeah, and, and if you want to uh, nominate a standout athlete of the week, go to basketballnight.com, click on standout athlete of the week. Ironically, that's the name of the link, the tab, and uh, you can fill that out. You only need to fill it out once. And uh, once you feel like we, you stay in the pool for the entire season, you don't have to uh, resubmit every week. So, but we want to hear your nominations. Again, that is at basketballnight.com. A big congratulations once again to Marley Washington, the daughter of a Scott High School alum, who is the best friend of a Wayne High School alum, as Joe and I sit here on the set in Huntington, West Virginia, on Basketball Night in West Virginia. How about that? We're going to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Craig Dutton. We'll talk with Jared Robertson, assistant coach at Greenbrier West. Maybe. Dylan Godet, <laughs> Bo Anderson, Wes McKinney. That's when we come back on Basketball Friday Night. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Special thanks to all of our affiliates. Of course, you can watch us on Facebook Live. Just hunt us down at Basketball Night in West Virginia on Facebook. We're on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including WKQV Cowan 105.5 FM and Heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM. 103.7 Jack FM, WQWV and Fisher. 
1600 AM WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM WVLY in Moundsville. We're also on 92.5 FM WTHM LP Ravenswood Ripley. Knights Radio 91.5 FM WRSG in Middleburn. Talk Radio WRNR Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM. Classic Hits 106 WHFI Linside, 95 The Sports Fox. WBES Charleston, 950 AM. The Voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM. WVLW Logan, Light Rock 93R, WRRR St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. The Ticket, 102.3 FM, WMTD in Hinton. The Greatest Oldies of All Time, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM. WQAZ LP Edmund Beckley. Yap Radio, 101.7 FM, WYAP LP in Clay. WASP LP Huntington, WVWP LP in Wayne. At 90.7 FM, WFG8 Ford Gay. And of course, we're on Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge. 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. Cable subscribers can find us in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. Third and final hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville. Happy to have you along. If you want scores, go to basketballnight.com. Go to at hoops underscore roundup on Twitter. Before we go back to the phones, I do want to mention real fast something that's happened throughout the course of this week for the first time in school history. Lincoln County's boys basketball team cracked the double-A top ten. Yeah. Unfortunately, it turned right around lost because that <laughs> yeah. seems to be the kiss of death right now. But yeah. they did pick up a win tonight over Man. They are 12-2 and two on the season. Rodney Plumley is a, is a friend of the program in his own yeah. way, and we greatly appreciate uh, his um, contributions and uh, happy for him because right. he's, he's, he's that, went through it there and, it, and he stuck it out. And, he's and had, not just in team. basketball. Well, you know, they had a pretty good softball program, but it just seems like – after that merger there in Lincoln County, those sports programs have really struggled. Yeah. And I really thought they would come out of the chute, you know, at the top of their game. But, you know, they're getting there. The football program's rebuilding. The basketball program's rebuilding. You know, and they're getting there. And going from the smallest AAA to now one of the largest AA and yeah. still trying to get their footing underneath. Because, as you mentioned, it's so hard to, to put the programs together that they did and to immediately start going and playing Cabell Midland and Huntington and – I mean, that, that can wear down your athletic pool from just like, we don't want to go out there and I don't want to do this for a, you know. I'll, I'll never forget their first football game was against uh, Huntington, and uh, Huntington was just loaded, and it was like deer in the headlights time. But, but you know, those kids from Lincoln County are doing the best they could, but uh, it was really tough. But they, they did start off uh, with – 
pretty good women's basketball at that school, and you mentioned the softball. So they've had a couple of linchpin programs. Now they've got to build the rest of it. I was at the very first athletic event involving Lincoln County. It was a scrimmage football game at Hamlin High School, which is still where they play, but uh, in Hamlin, um, <laughs> against Wayne at Lionsville, where there used to be a baseball field also. Right. I played a lot of baseball there over the years. And um, I just remember they gave up a touchdown on the first play. I just remember thinking, oh, this is going to be a, this is going to be rough. Uh, just because it was, you know, it was an experience, right. totally different experience. Yeah, they had four 1,000-yard rushers on the team, but – I mean, what from the year before, but at the same time, it was right. you know just they hadn't played together, and it was it was difficult, and they they have made strides. Now we love to see teams getting better. Craig Dutton, WXCR in New Martinsville, going to get him on here right before the half hour wait. There you go, twenty nine minutes. Formerly WRRR, there's my third reference, so I've got all that in. Yeah, the Tyler Consolidated Magnolia Boys game tonight, and a big win tonight for the Silver Knights. Yes, it was uh, a 64-44 win over Magnolia. Magnolia is a team that got themselves out of a lot of um, tournaments. You know, I was talking to Brian Crossman from WETZ before the game. Uh, they haven't played a lot of games up to this point, and they're playing a majority of their schedule on the road before they have a bunch of games at home. For Tyler, they tried to bounce back after a loss earlier this week to Work County. And I don't think it could be stressed enough. Region 4 in Class A is the toughest region in Class A right now. Everyone just wants to say Catholic and Williamstown are going to just ease through that section. Uh, Ward County wants to try to prove something. They've, they've pushed Williamstown to the limit. And I feel after that, you include Tulsa, you include Tug Valley, you include Charleston Catholic and St. Joe's all in that conversation. You're going to have a battle-tested two teams heading into the state tournament. And that proved it earlier this week. Coach Nutter was just, you know, dumbfounded on how they were just shut down by Work County. But that says a lot about those teams in the South, starting from Parkersburg down. So tonight was a much-needed win for Tyler Consolidated. And there was a lot riding into it. Biggest crowd of the season. It's the Boggs Round Ball Classic. And there's a full schedule of that for tomorrow. They have a Tyler Consolidated, pending if the weather don't mess everything up. But uh, they had another 1,000-point score. Joining Josie Jones from last Thursday is senior Griffin Phillips. He scored his thousandth point on the last field goal made in the fourth period for Tyler Consolidated. It's a big win tonight for the Silver Knights again as they get the uh, victory um, over Magnolia. I know Magnolia is a little bit down, but I, I, I don't think there's any such thing as a ho hum or bad win over a, a Magnolia high school. Uh, athletic team you mentioned a full schedule coming up and uh there are a lot of uh you know excellent games to be played still as uh we get through the course of the season craig sorry to cut this short we're really backed up right oh, now. oh you're fine i heard that going in the last break but i will say one thing i agree with the pet bands i'll tell you what i like pet bands but don't put them by the radio station <laughs> yeah exactly. i would have one tonight tyler had a pet band tonight so they had it throughout the postseason as well, so I want to see them come back, guys. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm with you right there. Craig Dutton, WXCR in New Martinsville. Always a pleasure. Let's go right back to the phones. Jared Robertson, assistant coach at Greenbrier West. Cavaliers have had an outstanding start to the season, 9-2 uh, and two on the year. And tonight, coach, a, a tough road uh, trip to Ritchie County, but you pick up the win. Yeah, it was the first game in the hit tournament for us, guys. Uh, had a long trip. We 
had a teacher day at school today, so students weren't in school, so kids got to sleep in a little bit. And we left out early this afternoon, went to Clarksburg, and had a team dinner, and and just had a, a nice trip for us. And you never know how you're going to play when you travel like that, but our kids came out and and really played hard and really played well, and and we really took control of the game early. Eighty-five, forty-eight, the final as the, the Cavaliers go on the road and get the win tonight over Ritchie County and. Uh, you, you mentioned the road trip. Uh, I have to think there's a little bit of a maturity factor when you take a team on the road just to see how they handle it. And obviously, your team handled it very well tonight. Yeah, you never know how they'll respond, but our kids really came out and played well. Um, we kind of challenged them a little bit about coming out and taking control of the game. We really did that. Uh, we have a team trip planned tomorrow. We're going to Blacksburg to watch the Virginia Tech-Wake Forest game together. So that's going to be a fun day for our team. And, a lot of traveling for a couple of days, but our kids are just having fun and, and really playing well as a team and, and really excited for our season. Hopefully we can just keep getting better. Hey, these are the times to have some fun and make some memories as well. You, you have a little bit of time before your next game, if I'm not mistaken, uh, on Thursday of next week against Summers County and uh, a trip to Hinton, correct? That's correct. We played them uh, not long ago and played pretty well against them at home, but that's a real tough gym to play in. We struggled in that, down there a lot of times over the years. So uh, we're going to give kids Monday off since we don't play for a few days and let them get their legs back and, and get back in the gym on Tuesday and hopefully get ready for Summers County. Nine and two on the season. Before we let you go, I, I want to ask, because I know you're, you've been playing a couple of road games. You had a home game earlier this week against Fayetteville. Uh, what's the feeling like around Charmco right now with this ball club, with the community, um, are, are you getting a sense of excitement as people really enjoy how good this team is? Well, you know, we've got a lot of athletic kids and, you know, a single-A team with four or five kids that can dunk a basketball. We don't see that in Charmco very often. But uh, our kids have really, you know, our students are starting to support us. Our gym's been full or near full every home game. And, you know, we got a lot of people starting to travel with us the games too. And, and I think a lot of people see the potential we have if we can put it all together. Uh, no, Mickiff, I heard Dave Morrison mention it there a few minutes ago. No, Mickiff scored his thousandth point in the Fayetteville game Tuesday. So we got to do that at home in front of our home crowd, and that was nice to see. And uh, uh, we're, we're just excited. I mean, we're not there yet, but we know we have the chance to go do something. Hopefully these kids will just keep getting better. Jared Roberts, an assistant coach at Greenbrier West. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Thanks for hanging in there with us. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. All right. And greatly appreciate uh, him as well. And, again, we're just chugging right along here. Uh, let's go right back to the phones. Dylan Godet, Buccaneer Sports Network. He had the Buchanan Upshur Robert C. Bird game tonight, girls basketball. And that was a game that Buchanan Upshur uh was able to get the win tonight. Let me let me get this here because I want to. There's a little setup to this. There always is. Canada Upshur got the win, 67-34. They're nine and five now. And Dylan, somebody named Audrey Godet had 17 points to lead the way tonight. Yeah, she did. 67-34 win over Robert C. Bird, my sister. She two straight games uh, with 17 points tonight, and then Wednesday night against East Fairmont finished with 25 points to help lead a team. That's due to another senior, Allie Robinson, got injured a couple weeks ago or last week, and they've had to pick up the load, and, and the senior there in Audrey Godet has done just that. You know, a lot of times uh, people don't 
uh, count or don't want to admit, you know, about their siblings, but you're very proud of your sister. Yeah, definitely proud of her. She had pacemaker surgery over the summer, so we're kind of iffy if that would affect her. She made all-state all uh, soccer in the fall, so it didn't affect her there, and now she's putting on a great performance of basketball. So definitely full family support there for Audrey. Yeah, that has to be an uh, enjoyable time because, I mean, you know, any type of experience like she went through, there's there are a variety of concerns. Sports maybe not at the top of the list there, but all the ability to, to continue on has to be a little bit of one, but um, with the success she had in soccer and is having in girls' basketball. Are, are, is it kind of a sense of relief or maybe something that you appreciate a little bit more now? Well, definitely appreciate it, and she is the same way. I mean, the reason why we kind of, the family got worried about it was that she was she's always been so active her whole life, and she's kind of starting to slow down. And she, She's the type of person that she's always going to be doing something. She doesn't lay around the house, and she was starting to do that. So they, we realized that that was what was causing it was the heart and Pacemaker comes in, and she's she's got a newfound energy and excelling in school now and excelling on the field there in, ba- in soccer as well as in basketball. So hopefully uh, she's doing much better now, and hopefully that transitions on to the college, either soccer or basketball at the next level. Dylan, uh, you're back at it next Wednesday. Uh, you guys go up to Morgantown, uh, sectional uh, rival battle with the Mohegans. A huge sectional rival battle. It's been a while since the Cannons lost to Morgantown in basketball for girls' basketball, so Morgantown's going to be hungry coming into that game. The winner will host the first round of the sectionals between the two and the three, so this is a huge game for Cannon. Uh, Allie Robinson may be out for that one. It's still to be determined. She's a player that's made huge implications the last several years in the state tournament so without her it'll be a tough battle for Buchanan Upshur but they have a lot of young players Shelby McDaniels is a name you're going to get used to from Buchanan she's a freshman averaging close to 10 points a game she's stepped up big since Allie got hurt so there's a couple new faces you can see from Buchanan Upshur on Wednesday night but it should be a great battle it's become quite the rivalry uh, in the section between Morgantown and Buchanan Upshur every game is an all-time classic and don't expect anything too different on Wednesday Dylan, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. All right, it's Dylan Goday of the Buccaneer Sports Network. The Lady Bucks of Buchanan Upshur get the win tonight over Robert C. Bird. We've got to step aside and take a break. When we come back, Wes McKinney, WAEY in Princeton. They played Blacksburg tonight, which is ironically where Jared Robertson and Greenbrier West are headed tomorrow to watch a college game. How about that? We'll also have our resident referee, Bo Anderson. Yep, he's on the clock and has been for 26 minutes already. Quietly just waiting along. We'll get to him as well. That is when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Marshall University sports journalism major offers students the opportunity to develop skills in the exciting areas of print, public relations, or broadcasting. Our curriculum features terrific skill-based courses and prioritizes hands-on experiences that not only exposes students' work to the public, but also to sports journalism professionals who are often willing to provide crucial feedback. Marshall University Sports journalism majors covers our 15 varsity teams in any media format, including text, online, photo, radio, or video. 
Hands-on real-life experiences come through Marshall's student-powered media, the Parthenon, WMUL Radio, and MUTV, as well as communications campaigns and off-campus internships. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We are the Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University, visit basketballnight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Don't forget to vote in this week's poll. This week's question, is it okay for a coach to go out and film scouting video of an opposing team's game? Give us a yes or no tonight. Go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. And a shout-out to Ryan C.K., our latest Twitter follower, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. 11-15 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. You want to check out the scores, go to basketballnight.com. Check out at hoops underscore roundup on Twitter. We'll try to get you a full scoreboard. We just don't want to keep people on hold for so long, except for Bo. Uh, resident referee Bo Anderson. We'll get to him in a moment. Wes McKinney, W-A-E-Y in Princeton, joins us now. The Princeton Tigers played Blacksburg, Virginia tonight. Uh, a nice little road trip. Actually, it's not very far from Princeton over to Blacksburg, Route 460. Takes you right there on basically a, a four-lane road. It's a nice, easy trip. Um, uh, I got to check with Wes here and make sure the game was in Blacksburg. But nonetheless, Wes McKay joins us now on the program. And uh, Wes, for uh, Princeton tonight, as um, looking through our list of scores, which is, by the way, growing, 95-78 win for the Tigers. This is a ball club that loves to get up and down. Yeah, guys, uh, I'm kind of tired just from watching the game tonight. A lot of up and down, as you mentioned, Ryan, and a lot of points on the board, and neither team really – slowed down it was fast right out of the gate Princeton scored at least 20 points in every single quarter tonight and forced 20 Blacksburg turnovers and turned it into a lot of easy transition points and before I get into the game guys just real quick here I know you're got a lot going on but to bring your uh, story full circle right there before the break you mentioned Greenbrier West going to go watch Virginia Tech tomorrow play Wake Forest Buzz Williams was actually in the house tonight. His uh, son plays uh, for Blacksburg's JV, so actually got to see Buzz Williams tonight down there um, in the New River Valley. But back to the game, uh, Princeton, really, uh, I think their most complete effort of the season. I know you give up 78 points, but Blacksburg's a really good team. They're a 4A team that is above 500 in the state of Virginia, and it was all led by Princeton's seniors tonight, Cade Fix, 31 points. Drew Hopkins had 23 points. He had 19 of those in the first half. And then Kyron Kennedy, the senior forward for Princeton, had just two points at halftime after he got in some early foul trouble, but came up 
with 17 points in the second half and 19 for the game. Princeton, like I said, I thought the most complete effort for them of the season. And now a quick turnaround here as they have to go to Capitol. I know the SSAC schedule says 730 actually going to play at 2.30 tomorrow afternoon. So hopefully all that up and down doesn't hurt Princeton in any way as far as fatigue goes tomorrow afternoon. Always a lot of fun, though. And, yes, calling those games will make you tired. That is for sure. Playing them will make you tired, too. I don't want to understate that. But, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, look at Princeton, their last few games, uh, 95 tonight at Blacksburg, 84 against Pikeview. Um, a 72-56 loss to Bluefield, who, by the way, very good. We'll talk more about that in just a second. 103 against Tazewell, 96 against Liberty. I mean, this, is, this isn't out of the norm for this ball club and uh, definitely uh, something that was uh, a fun team to watch. Like I said, there, there's, there's beauty in all forms of basketball, be it the defensive grinder teams or the teams that get out and go with it. Princeton, one of those that gets out and goes with it. They win 95-78. Something I do want to mention real fast, and Wes, I'm not sure if you were connected to this or not, but um, earlier uh, today, um, you know, we, we've been talking throughout the program about Tony Webster uh, from Bluefield, who passed away. Um, the Princeton student body wore maroon and white today to school and i think that's a good sign of uh kids who were who kind of get the bigger aspect of things in the bigger picture and uh honoring a a life that was uh unfortunately lost this week yeah guy i mean you know like you said i mean there's certain things that become bigger than basketball football you know whatever bigger than sports and that's you know it's that it's, it's that type of situation and you know i know that um the administration of Princeton is, you know, very, very tight with the administration of Bluefield. You know, I know a lot of people down this way, you know, think Princeton and Bluefield's a big robbery, and it is, you know, for, for bragging right purposes only. But, you know, there's, there's, no, there's no discord. There's no, you know, hatred between the two schools by any stretch of the imagination. You know, I know that the, the Bluefield AD um, used to be the athletic director of Princeton, so obviously he has ties there and, I know the, the Princeton athletic director, Josh Wilburn, you know, still keeps in constant communication with the, with the folks down at Bluefield. And, you know, I mean, it, it's great to see the support. It really is. In fact, while I was waiting to come on with you guys, I was just watching the local news here, and um, they, had a, they had a vigil tonight down at Mitchell Stadium in Bluefield for, for Tony, and you could just see the raw emotion from everyone and, you know, such a – such an unfortunate thing, but uh, you know, one one really solid positive that comes out of this is that all of that young man's organs are, are being donated. So he's helping out, you know, m- you know, several lives by doing that. Absolutely, and as someone who just had a family member um, had to receive a, an organ, that's uh, it. Kind of puts things into perspective really quickly for you. Wes McKay, though, on a, on a bright note, a big win tonight for Princeton. Uh, have a safe trip to. Charleston tomorrow out Greenbrier Street out by the airport. <laughs> yeah, indeed, guys. Like I said, a quick turnaround and just real quicker. I think this is a you know a really important back to back for Princeton. I thought they played at a really high level tonight and, and, and a high profile game. And you know, hopefully, you put together 32 minutes tomorrow. Maybe lucky enough to come away with a win against a really good Capital team, and the next week doesn't get any easier. Graham, 
at home. Then you got to go to Greenbrier. So I know I've said it the last two, three weeks, but this feels like, you know, starting tonight and going into the first part of February, a really important stretch for Princeton. I hope he has a thick wallet yeah. or an easy pass. Right. And, and, and Wes, rest that <laughs> yeah. voice on actually, Sunday, buddy. Guys, I actually, actually got my easy pass last Tuesday. I'm All right. right. Good man. You're good. You, you and I both. <laughs> so, uh, Wes McKay, A-E-Y, thanks so much. Yep, thank you guys. Take care. That'd be a twenty-four dollar trip. Exactly. Like, my goodness. Yeah. That is literally four, one trip. Four, that's literally highway robbery. Four, four, four. Yes. Four. Yeah. Everything's four now. Four up. Three times and four back. Three, three times. times. Mercy. Uh, we'll go to our resident referee Bo Anderson in just a moment. Um, <laughs> I feel like I say that a lot, right? But I do want to mention if you're watching the video stream, if you're not, there is a new addition to our set. Here at Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, sitting right in front of me. It is the latest award from uh, Marcom. It's a Marcom Gold Award that was presented to this program for uh, audio radio program. Um, the episode that won was the March 16th, 2018. That was our season finale a year ago. Yep. And uh, the whole crew was w- here. Yes, we were all here. We had people in. Charleston. Charleston Pacific Center live. I remember we talked to Kaz through uh, FaceTime. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't even remember how right. we did it, but we saw him. Right. And, and we had live interviews with uh, the folks from Buchanan Upshur. I mean, we, did, we had a good Doing time. Doing live so. game reports from Charleston. That was great. Yeah, that was a, that was a good time. We got, we're, almost going, you know, we're almost at the point of having to organize that again. Like we, don't already, like we don't already have it organized. All we right. don't. But uh, yeah. uh, still, though, uh, thanks to all those who took the time to uh, put that entry together. That's, that's through uh, WMUL at Marshall University, the student radio station here. Of course, this broadcast emanates from the campus of Marshall University, and they are so kind um, in allowing us to bring this program to you. And let's go back to the phone lines. As well, there's only one person left on the phone right now. <laughs> He's the sole survivor of what has been a night of uh, constant calls. He's the one who makes more calls than anybody in a given night. He is our resident referee. 37 minutes on hold now on the program. Bo Anderson. If the button will work here. Well, this is ironic. All right, there we go. He was stuck in queue there for a little bit. It, wouldn't, it, just, oh, wouldn't, it just wouldn't take him to air. It's like, nope, this one doesn't go. There, but now he is. Bo Anderson joins us now on the program. Bo, welcome back. Hey, well, I'm glad to be back. And, uh, you know, I know that uh, that button wasn't working. It was probably on purpose because uh, I, I do like those comments I get throughout the show. But uh, that's quite all right. I enjoy every minute. Hey, Bo, uh, had a situation this week, and I've never seen this. The uh, the offensive team, or actually the defensive team, put on a full-court press, so the offensive team was a little slow getting the ball up the floor, and they realized they were getting you know close to their 10 seconds. So they actually threw the, uh, they threw the ball across the half-court line, and one of the backcourt players ran up and jumped over the uh, half-court line, and he was clearly on his side of the floor when he caught the ball, but the official blew a whistle and said it was over and back. I had never seen that before because he said the player's feet had to be planted on the floor. Okay. When the ball's inbounds, now there's two different rules. There's a throw-in rule, and then there's when the ball's inbounds. When the ball's inbounds... 
you, you just have to look at it this way. You are where you jump from till you touch. So if he jumped from the front court, his team had the ball in the back court. He jumped from the front court, was in the air, caught the ball in in the back court. You have a back court violation because he jumped from the front court. If he was still in the back court, including the mid-court strike, uh, then you would have nothing. But you always have to think of you are where you jump from to you touch. So you're out of bounds until something touches inbounds, hmm. and you're legally inbounds. You're in the front court until something touches in the back court, or you're in the back court until something touches in the front court uh, when you're jumping. So when you when you're in the air, you're where you jump from until you touch. Hmm, that was a new one on me. I'd never seen, never heard that, you know, in that uh, explained that way before. But that that does explain it. But I always yeah. do my homework before I, I talk to you. And uh, a new one this week. Uh, this is something that's been kind of a issue in the college game. And uh, I wonder if you've seen this on a high school front any years. A lot of shooters these days are starting to kick their feet out, kick their legs out when they shoot, trying to draw contact and trying to draw a call, obviously. Is that something you're seeing a little bit in high school? Oh, I've seen that every once in a while, you know, throughout the years. And, and again, we talk about verticality. So verticality, and, and what I've seen more than that is inside verticality. Now, it's not been too bad the last week or two, but two weeks ago, uh, I think every game I had, people didn't understand the principle of verticality. You have from the floor to the rough, and you can jump straight up in the air offensively or defensively. But if the defender is standing there and goes straight up and the offensive player does one of them jump forward leg kicks and then hopes that there's going to be a foul, good luck. Now, a lot of times what they want to try to do is they want to try to do that to see if the official – left the view of play on the shooter and went to the ball or went to the shot or went to the rebound instead of staying with the shooter. Uh, that's where the official who is responsible for the shooters needs to stay with the shooter till they, till they clear and they land. But uh, they want to try to trick you on that. They want to try to kick their legs out and everybody yells for a foul. And if the defender's standing there, if the defender jumps straight up in the air or is just standing there, and their legal vertical position, then uh, then there's nothing. You know we're gonna we're gonna play on. Or the worst thing that you could have is if they jump forward and jump into the defender to knock them down, then you have an offensive foul. You would have a, a player control foul in a scenario of an airborne shooter. Uh, so you know we just have to you know we stay with the shooters as best we can. And if they jump forward and cause the contact and, you know, fall on the floor and kind of look silly, you know, they're, they're not getting anything out of that. Bo Anderson, our resident referee. And we, we had a question come in um, via Twitter. I'm trying to get it uh, refined right now. And I, I'm, I'm still waiting on a response from our good buddy Bill Wask um, down in Man. He asked... Um, about wrong jersey numbers in the score books. We've talked about this in years past. We haven't talked about it this year. I know our audience sometimes turns over a little bit. We get uh, different people uh, listening year to year. Uh, when it comes to a wrong jersey number in the score book, how is the? We know it's a technical foul, but how is that assessed? How many is it? Like one for each incorrect number. 
Is it two free throws? Is it more? How is that all administered from your side? Okay. Um, the two things that are required. One is prior to the start of the contest, b- before the 10-minute mark, they have to have uh, their rosters in and their designated starters. Now, uh, and I had this part the other night, and, of course, everybody thought we were going to have a technical when we didn't. Once the ball becomes live, which means it leaves the official who's throwing the balls uh, up for the jump ball's hand, once it becomes live, we played, and then they hit the horn and said there was a wrong starter mark. You have to get the starters. You have to get the attention of officials before the ball becomes live, or that part is too late. Okay? So there was no technical because they didn't get it before it left the official who was throwing the balls uh, for the jump ball up's hand. Now, adding to the roster, changing numbers, anything like that, you can only have one technical foul for any of those. And let's say that you add a player to the roster and – if that player now, if the coach don't want to put that player in, he does not have to. Okay, that's only if he's going to participate. But if he's going to participate and he comes in and say this number's not in the book, then we have a team technical foul. We won't have any more technical fouls for any other of the situations of adding or changing or anything because we penalized it one time and one time only. So let's say they add three more later. We've already penalized for it. Say they change. We've already penalized for it. So they can only get a maximum one technical foul, regardless of the number of additions or changes in the book. Our resident referee, Bo Anderson, thanks so much for joining us. Always a pleasure, and uh, hopefully a nice, easy week of basketball that weather stays out of. Well, I've got road trips tomorrow. I've got actually, I'm doing double duty tomorrow, so I've got a long way to go. So I'm hoping that it stays uh, clear of where I'm headed. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Thanks so much, Bo Anderson, our resident referee. We're going to step aside and take a break when we come back. Um, scoreboard. Yeah, we'll do one of those. Scoreboard <laughs> update. It's been an hour. Why not? We'll do a scoreboard update. We've got almost all the scores in. Um, Also, a little bit later on, cause time, not too far away. And uh, our poll question. All the things we do in the last half hour that we just cram in, we've got to get this all done. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. You'll hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit BasketballNight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. 
And thanks to everyone tonight that called, sent texts, tweets, and emails. We appreciate you being part of the show and helping us cover all high school basketball in West Virginia. Join us on the phone tonight. Share your team's game. 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. Join in us as new Twitter followers. Ryan C.K., B.J. Calabrese, Carrie Bacone, Billy Galcombe, Big Atlantic, Martha, Jeff Adams, K-Bug, Cavill Midland, Lady Knights, Douglas Bronx, Lexi Hines, Rodney Bowers, Clint Frazier, Caleb Keeley, Anthony, Caroline Peters, Nancy Vapner, Eric Dalton, Bridgeport Indians Hoops, Big Shots Girls Hoops, Mac, CCBC, SEW Basketball, Ben Burnett, Scholar Davidson, and Stephanie Sherwood. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. 11.35 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. So many scores that we have, just a few that we need. Um, we'll put the call out right now. Boys scores, we need one score from tonight. We need the Payton City Union game. Union also, by the way, a jersey I would like to have eventually. Payton City and Union. That's the boys' game that we're looking for a score. We're also looking for several girls' scores. Ravenswood and Gilmer County, Pendleton County and Union, Kaiser and Allegheny, Maryland, Braxton County and Clay County, Capital and South Charleston. Can't believe we don't have that one. Um, just it just means that it's it's fallen into the proverbial <laughs> social media black hole tonight. We just haven't, you know, haven't got that information tonight. And uh, Pike View and Greenbrier East were scheduled to play tonight uh, in Fairley. So i uh, like to get that. You know, we, we might ought to get the Greenbrier East coach on for too awful long. They're 11-1, and one, and he's the governor. So uh, that probably <laughs> would be. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's definitely warranted uh, with that ball club. We love to talk basketball with him. We don't get into other stuff, really. But uh, right now, let's go back over to our score center as Marcus Constantino has our latest update of the BasketballNight.com Power Ratings. That's right, Ryan. The BasketballNight.com Power Ratings hot off the press starting in girls' AAA. The Greenbrier East Spartans stay at the number one spot. They're 11-1. and one. Parkersburg Big Reds stay at number two. The Wheeling Park Patriots move up one spot. Uh, with an 11 and 2 record, the Patriots at number three. South Charleston drops one spot to number four, and the Woodrow Wilson Flying Eagles uh, round out the top five in AAA. Moving on to girls AA, uh, the Wyoming East Warriors jump up three spots, taking over the number one spot. The Warriors are 12 and 2. Fairmont Senior also number or Fairmont Senior also 12 and 2, um, moving down one spot to number two. North Marion. Uh, drops down a spot also to number three. Uh, the Lincoln Cougars move up two spots into number four. And James Monroe, the Mavericks, drop down two spots into number five. Moving on to girls' single A, the St. Joseph Central Irish 
are 11 and one on this on the seasons uh, hanging in there for um, a far away lead uh, in girls single way Parkersburg Catholic comes in at number two Magnolia hanging in at number three Pocahontas County hanging in at four and finally Trinity Christian uh, hangs on or moves up five spots rather uh, to move into the top five moving on to the boys basketballnight.com power ratings uh, Martinsburg leapfrogs University to take the top spot the Bulldogs are 13 and0 University moves down to number two uh, with a nine and three record Morgantown is at number three. Uh, George Washington um, is number four. And finally, Wheeling Park jumping up four spots uh, to take the number five spot. In boys double-A, Chapmanville Tigers hanging in uh, to that number one spot. It's actually no changes in um, boys double-A in the top five, at least. Uh, Chapmanville's at one, Fairmont Senior number two, Bluefield Beavers are third, uh, Shady Spring Tigers are number four, and uh, the Logan Wildcats are remaining at number five on down into boys single a uh, the webster county highlanders are 12 and 0 at number one notre dame is nine and one hanging in at number two trinity christian uh, leapfrogs willing central to take the number three spot uh, willing central at number four uh, with an eight and four record and finally the williamstown yellow jackets move up three spots uh, to break into the top five that's the basketballnight.com power ratings uh, you can find all of these at our website basketballnight.com thanks so much marcus and again basketballnight.com has all that has all the scores that we have so far tonight also go to at hoops underscore roundup on twitter there was a big announcement today about the Big Atlantic Classic that will be coming up at the end of the month. Uh, Neil Brown, theme sound familiar, who is the new football coach at WVU, will be the guest speaker. Timely. Yeah. Great way to introduce him to parts of the state who aren't necessarily close to Morgantown. Right. He, need, he needs to go around the state and introduce himself. He was actually in Bluefield at Bluefield High School today as well, just to show in his show his respects. So uh, he's getting around quick. Good. Yeah, yeah he, the ground running. Absolutely. He, uh, he definitely hit the ground running. And, um, you know, again, you know where to go for scores, basketballnight.com, hoops are square roundup on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. We're working to build the Facebook empire. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Just uh, like us there and um, help us uh, spread the word of high school basketball throughout West Virginia. We've got to step aside and take a break. When we come back, it's cause time. We'll also have our poll question. All kinds of good stuff. We kind of teased the poll question already, but it's, I think it's a good one. I like it. <laughs> when Basketball Friday night in West Virginia returns, you're on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High School Basketball's Voice in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Special thanks to all of our affiliates. You can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including 105 KQV, WKQV Cowan, 105.5 FM, and heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM, 103.7 Jack FM, WQWV in Fisher. The Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM, WVLY Moundsville. Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel. Singing News Radio, 92.5 FM, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley. 
Knights Radio 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburn. Talk Radio WRNR Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM. Classic Hits 106 WHFI Linside, 106.7 FM. 95 The Sports Fox, WBES Charleston, 950 AM. The Voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM. WVOW in Logan. Light Rock, 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. The Ticket, 102.3 FM, WMTD in Hinton. The Greatest Oldies of All Time, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZ, LP, Edmund Beckley. Tuned for you, Yap Radio, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP Clay. 104.5 FM, WASPLP Huntington. 101.1 FM, WVWPLP Wayne. 90.7 FM, WFGH Fort Gay. And Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge. 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. It is 11.43 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia, taking you right up until midnight. Fastest three hours in radio, living up to that once again here tonight. Ryan Epling, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville with you. Go to hoops underscore roundup on Twitter, basketballnight.com for all of your scoreboard updates. You know, we just talked to Marcus. He had the power ratings. He just got them up on basketballnight.com. Uh, definitely a lot to, to take in there and uh, see where teams stand. This is where it starts to sort of even out. We had we had an upset tonight, and the Lincoln girls defeating Fairmont Senior. Well, I call it an upset. Lincoln's girls are 10-1 and one, have won 10 straight games, so maybe not as big of an upset as it may seem on the surface because that's a very good basketball team, too. Also, uh, sort of uh, puts it in perspective, Class AA girls basketball is not a closed deal. Uh, you know, you've got Wyoming East, who's very good. You've got uh, Fairmont Senior, North Marion, the reigning state champs. And now you have to put Lincoln right into that conversation, too. So now you've got four teams in that conversation as potentially being a state championship caliber team. And I also know that the Region 4 teams have some teams that can play with any of those teams on a given night as well in terms of Winfield, uh, Wayne, Chapmanville's girls beat Wayne this week. Uh, big win for them uh, down at Chapmanville. So uh, those, are, those are some teams that can all be factors. Also, Bluefield uh, it has played very well of late, too. And Frankfurt was just you know, a couple minutes away from being in the state championship game a year ago. And uh, with Abby Beeman back, they are very good as well. So, um, I mean, that's... That's a lot of fun to keep up with, um, and, and some some shifting along the way in the power ratings reflected that uh, this week in Class AA. Right now, let's go back to the score center to Marcus Costantino with this week's poll question. 
Thanks, Ryan. Last week's poll question was, is it okay for a coach to go out and film scouting video of an opposing team's game? 74% of voters at BasketballNight.com said yes, they uh, should be able to, and 26% of voters said no. Now, this week's poll question involves pep bands at basketball games. Um, Should bands, pep bands, uh, be allowed to play uh, throughout all uh, postseason tournament play, yes or no? You can go to bas- basketballnight.com and cast your vote. You've got until 11.45 p.m. next week. And that includes the state tournament where they are currently yes. not allowed to play. I kind of get it, but at the same time, I think they add so much to the atmosphere that you're taking away something by not allowing them to play. I will say they do allow them in Kentucky at Sweet 16 at Rupp Arena and it does add to the atmosphere of the tournament. Um, definitely something that uh, I think we we all enjoy. I mean, that's it, it's part of it. it it's like that if would you go make to a, our jobs a lot easier, you, I think. Yes, if you have to play music, you know. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> that can be the most difficult thing because I think sometimes we, there are kids who just are more concerned about the music that's playing than they are about the game they're about to play. Exactly. It, it, it never ceases. Play to my amazing. tunes. Yeah, there you go. It's like you know. We're here to watch you play basketball. Let's do that. But uh, Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal joins us now. It is cause time here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. He was once at Marquette University, and now he's in Martinsburg, West Virginia. He is a Ramble man. Rick Kozlowski, Martinsburg Journal, joins us now for Cause Time. Rick, how you doing tonight? I'm uh, much better than earlier in the week. I actually have a voice now. Always a positive. I'd like to use, well, I've been fighting a little bit of a cold, and my voice has been kind of uh, a little bit uh, out there somewhere. Not that it isn't usually, <laughs> but uh, probably more so than normal. But since I had that voice, I plan to use it. And the first thing I'd like to use it for is to say congratulations on the award. You're a part of it as well. Well, I was about to say, the fact that you guys could win this award on a show in which my face showed up (laughs) tells me how good you you guys are doing things. Well, we greatly appreciate it. And, of course, everybody who's a part of this program is a part of, I mean, seriously, it takes everybody. It's not, I'm not just saying that. That's not a humble thing to say. That is absolutely the truth. So thanks for the work you do for us. That's all we needed. Bye. No. <laughs> um, well, no, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's, it's well-deserved, well, 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 uh, honored and, 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 uh, it's great. And, uh, if I may continue on, if you guys have questions for me, I'm just like totally avoiding all of them. Go right ahead. Uh, this is cause time. This is your time. Well, earlier this evening, you guys were talking about pep bands, or if there are pep bands. And I think pep bands in high school basketball games are absolutely wonderful. And now I haven't seen many at all. For a couple of years, uh, on and off, Hedgesville would do it, and then Martinsburg also would do it. And I just think, you know, you involve more kids into another event, which is which is a great thing. Extracurricular activities are just wonderful. And I think the, the pep bands tend to, you know, 
fire up the crowd a little bit, bring excitement, because generally they're playing familiar kinds of songs, real quick, up-tempo kinds of things to kind of get people into it, which you, know, you can do that with, you know, your, your, uh, your quote, DJ sitting at the table. But then sometimes some of the music it gets played pre-game or at halftime, I don't know. I just wonder. I know I realize maybe the, the, the kids of today, the players and stuff, like the stuff. But I don't know what it does to enthrall the crowd. You know, I, I think back to a state tournament a couple of years ago. During a, a break, uh, they were playing Bon Jovi's Living on a Prayer. Mm-hmm. And the Lincoln High School crowd student section, just jam-packed full of kids, broke into the song and was singing along with it. It was so boisterous. It was so wonderful. It was so excellent. <laughs> you know, for some you could play, you know, if, if they play familiar songs, uh, people get into the singing. I think it helps with the whole atmosphere uh, of games. And I, I think, you know, it puts smiles on people's faces. And, you know, if I talk, when I talked about last week about uh, one fellow who seemed to have shown up in an angry mood, maybe if the music had moved him, he might have smiled. He might have gotten into things. I don't know. I just, I, that's just, just, just a thought. What do you guys think? I 100% agree. Uh, something that I've noticed as a trend with college games, basketball and football, so much pre-recorded music. Now, if you do it right, like you said, you know you can have a lot of involvement if you play stuff that people know. Uh, it seems to be uh, something that uh, there, there seems to be a, a disconnect there between um, current athletes and the generation above. That's no different than normal. That's happened since the beginning of time. But at the same at the same time. Yeah, to add to the atmosphere of a game, I, I think definitely between pep bands and you know, timely music that everyone's familiar with that's not offensive sounding at all uh, can really do a lot to, to, like you said, lift your mood up. You know, you kind of get a smile on your face when you, you get involved with something. You get crowd participation back. You're not just sitting there staring at your phone or staring at the game or acting like you're talking to the person next to you because no one speaks to anyone anymore, if you've not noticed. <laughs> uh, but they yell at the official. That's, yeah. about the only, that's about the only words that are spoken in a ballgame. We, we're trying to sort of calm all that down. But I 100% agree with you. I, I believe that, um, that, there, that there's a time and place. I can tell you right now. I don't do the music for Wayne Girls basketball. I just sit there. I don't have anything to do with it. But, um, you know, I'm not that old. And <laughs> the songs that I hear, it sounds like one 10-minute song. It's like four songs, but they all sound the same. Yeah. That's it. I, pick, I do PA as well, and I, I do pick my own music. And I try, to, I try to mix it up. I try to play a little bit old stuff, some new stuff, you know, that people in the crowd know and enjoy and, and has a upbeat to it that keeps the crowd into the ball game. I actually had an official come over this week and said, who's playing the old music? Yeah, I gave him a thumbs up. And he gave me a thumbs back. So I guess I was making him happy as well. So. Yeah. But, now, how old was that music? From the 40s? Oh, come on, Cos. Oh, come on, Cos. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's put it this way. It hasn't I, I, been made I, I, onto I, I, a CD I, I, yet. It was, it was, 
it was set up. It was just too. It was just too easy. <laughs> but no, I think, yeah, just uh, you know, up tempo kind of stuff. Just I don't know. Just just livens the mood. I just I don't know. Sometimes I think that's that would go a long way to keeping people happy and keeping people spirited in a positive way. Probably you probably do know one of the tune. My oldest tune in my music log that I use a ball game is by the fabulous Thunderbirds. Tough enough. Tough enough. I'm not, but okay. Okay, caught him off guard. Me too. <laughs> I mean, I, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I know what Joe's. All doing. right. Oh, I. Well, I'm just saying I'm not tough enough. Oh, I got you. You know this. Oh, oh here we go. Here you go, Cause. Oh. Uh, Oh, just call it. Oh, I know the song. Okay, you know sometimes you you recognize the beat, the beat, the you, know, the you just don't know what the name of the song was or who <laughs> exactly. performed it. Uh, yeah, there you go. Um, I, well, I do know that song too. Right now, dancing. So hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and look, seven seconds of a, a snippet of music, and we're all just like smiling now. <laughs> happy, work. amazing how that works, isn't it? Um. Yeah, I, I, I know. I think we're. I think. I think we're on to something. Now let's hope that everybody in the state of West Virginia has been listening to this, and we'll do that next game. I, I'm all for it. Find find something that people like, like enjoy, yeah, and and play it for them, and see what happens. It, it's just, um, you know, I don't know. I just think sometimes we worry too much about. Kids only want certain things, and they don't care about the game itself in terms of, like, the priorities kind of seem out of line. But now the team does provide their own warm-up music that I don't like listening to, but, you know, that's them, and (laughs) we'll play it, and when they go in the locker room, it... You know, that's the end of it. So uh, sometimes you like to give them a song or two, and then when they're off the uh, (laughs) off the floor, and there's no one else up there warming up, you can play. For Whatever the people. You want to, yeah, there you go. Because you're not playing for the players at that point. <clears throat> All right. So, uh, Rick, um, they, they played basketball in the Eastern Panhandle this week. Any, anything that, uh, that caught your attention specifically? I think uh, what caught my attention would be uh, tonight's three mil victory over Hagelville. Not uh, so much that they won, uh, but I think. Probably one of the least known, very good scorers was a man, a young man from Spring Mills by the name of Darius Bush. And I don't think a whole lot of people, including people around the Eastern Panhandle, realize how well this kid is playing. I think he had 38 tonight. And at the time the season scoring average up to Twenty, uh, twenty. I'm guessing he, he can't win the, the week with like an 18 point scoring average, so that might boost him up to around 20. But I don't think a whole lot of people really know his capabilities. But he's a a great shooter from distance, and you know, certainly uh, put on a show tonight. Uh, as that was a 66-56 win for Spring Mills over Hedgesville, definitely one of the games that. Uh, caught our attention there. Also, Washington beating Jefferson. That's a good game for uh, in terms of county rivals tonight. And Washington gets the win by 12. A low-scoring game. Um, it, it just well, the one thing one thing interesting about the Washington game. One of the uh, one of the players, his father died last night, and they talked about the team kind of coming together 
and supporting the kid. And I know we've kind of talked about where you guys talked about that earlier in, in regards to the Bluefield situation. And, you know, sometimes, you know, there's things bigger than a basketball game. And it's like, how do we respond to that stuff? And it's great to see that, you know, that, that, that people do care and, 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 you know, and if it's a motivational thing, you know, it's, you know, but it still comes down to how do we, do we care about people? Absolutely. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a hard time for some people throughout the, uh, state. I think the state's big enough that somebody's going through something at all times, basically in basketball throughout the course of the year, but definitely has been a, a little bit of a, of a rough night. And, um, uh, you know, certainly uh, we'll, we'll address that here in just a second in the close. Rick Kozlowski, thanks so much for joining us. Looking forward to cause time again next week. Okay, guys. Hey, uh, you guys have a great weekend. I hope the weather isn't too bad for you. It's supposed to get pretty nasty around here, but I hope, uh, hope it spares you guys. The low Monday morning is supposed to be 5 here, and I'm yeah. definitely uh, sticking someone outside to tell the great people of the Tri-State how cold it is. <laughs> I have that power. <laughs> yes, you do. Anyway, uh, Rick, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, you guys be good. All right, that's Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal. And you know, we're wrapping up this program, and uh, guys, I, I think we'd be remiss to not go back to the very top of the program. Right. Uh, Tony Webster, uh, who passed away, uh, Bluefield High School junior, was not playing basketball this year, had played football, but is someone who has been on the pro, you know, through the basketball program before, definitely someone who will be missed. That's going to do it for this edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the entire crew, for Bill Cornwell, Joe Limbo, Marcus Constantino, Mikey Ferguson, for everyone involved with this program, Kyle Powers included, I'm Ryan Epling. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.